You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Woo-hoo! Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hello, Earth Station One people, and welcome to one of our most favorite episodes of the year. That's right, folks. We are doing our summer movie countdown, and it is time to look at the films of 2023. And we've got a great one for you this year. There's a lot of films that we're anticipating and a lot that we're, we got some question marks about and what's going to happen with these and, you know, what's going to be the big ones. And this is the ones where we usually go. God, I hope I don't get egg on my face. I really don't want to get egg because I think this is probably close to our 10th one we've done of these. And it's been a tradition and we got a great crew here to see who's going to be Mr. and Mrs. Egg of 2023. And of course, Ashley Pauls is here. We're talking about movies. So of course she is here. Howdy, Ashley. Hi, I am super excited. This is my favorite podcast of the year to record every year. So it's always fun to take a peek at what's going to be ahead and try to guess what will be good and not so good about the summer. And we're joined by Matt Sweatman and see, you know, how much egg he can handle. I can take quite a bit. I did predict that um, that John Wick 4 would hold on to number one spot in the second week, and I failed at that prediction. So I already have a little bit of egg on my face. Okay, so we now have to just call you Matt Eggman. Okay, got it. That's always better. So, Good all right. you. Exactly. As long as I'm not the walrus, yes. <laughs> and, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. So he has enough eggs stored up that, you know. I have found it's on. really good for the pores. You know, <laughs> over the years, I've had so much on, uh, you know, I really, I really found it's good for the skin. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. What We want to hear what your summer predictions are going to be please feedback at earthstation1.com is the best way to get in touch with us we definitely would love to hear from you guys and you know what it's a good thing to be able to talk summer movies and figure out what's going to be your favorite what's not going to be your favorite and we're going to go week by week with us so this is a long one folks this is just not a typical hour and we're done podcast this is probably going to go a little bit longer than that so just, you know, grab your popcorns, grab your drink of choice. Apple pie, of course, is always my favorite. But, you know, it's just a great time to be able to talk about movies. And definitely, as we always like to say, we definitely want to hear from you guys. This is all interactive. So definitely write us and we'll read your your picks up on our next couple episodes. So it'll be kind of cool. All right, Mr. Mike, are you ready to jump in with both feet? I am. I am. Um, before we get to, I mean, this year looks, I think a couple things I noticed and you guys, I want to hear from you guys as well overall before we get into specifics, but looking at the, at the list, at the, at the sort of the field of movies that we have. And if you really want to get into the weeds, um, it really looks like, uh, it looks like Hollywood's back. It looks like the major studios are back. We're getting releases almost every week. There's a big release. Um, we've already seen that sort of in the beginning of this year. 
Um, but it's mm-hmm. it's really true. Like this is probably the busiest summer that we've had in three or four years. Uh, sure. I think, right? At least since right. 2019. Yeah. 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 So I mean, last year was pretty big, and last year was questionable because we weren't sure about the box offices and everything, and that's still kind of an unknown factor now. But Ashley, what about what? What do you think when you look at the the overall field this year? Yeah, I feel encouraged, um, especially by some of the performances of movies earlier this year. Like, I still haven't seen the Super Mario Brothers movie. Like, it's not not in my particular wheelhouse. But anytime you see a movie like that break out and bring in a lot of money, it's encouraged to me as a film fan and a fan, particularly of movies and theaters, that there's still a market for seeing a story on a big screen and looking at the lineup this summer, I hope that we'll have lots of big hits and sort of get back to as normal as we can be. I don't know if we'll ever get back to the pre COVID where there's like a big blockbuster every single weekend, but I think this is definitely a sign of growth. So um, I'm, I'm encouraged and hopefully they're quality movies too, because nothing drives people away (laughs) from the theater, like disappointing movies. So hopefully that'll be good quality and bring people back to the theater. Absolutely. Absolutely. In addition to just the normal things that you have to wonder about when you predict whether a movie is going to be successful, is it good? How well did if it's a if it's a sequel, how well did the one before it do? Um, you know, whether or not the property is, people are fatigued of it or whatever. Now you've got like all these other factors like streaming, like yeah. do people are going to, are people going to wait? Um, you know, COVID's still there. So are people still shy, gun shy about going to the theater? And of course, expenses. I mean, the, the theater's getting more and more expensive. Um, do people just want to like wait? Um, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of things that are like it could go. I mean, I think all of us last year were taken by surprise with Maverick, right? So that alone has changed the game. When you think about the movies this year, you're like, well, I don't know because Maverick did huge, and I couldn't have predicted that. So I don't know what to think about this year. Matt, what did you think of uh, the overall look at the uh, field of movies this year? Um. A lot of options. Uh, now that they've gotten one good one every week, if one of them doesn't suit your fancy, just wait another week. If you're a superhero <laughs> fan, there's four big superhero movies coming out this summer. So surely one of them's got to tickle your fancy. And if you don't like superhero movies, there's plenty of other things available as well. So I think this is a deeper list of movies than what we've seen in recent years. And I think um, I'm just questioning whether there's going to be a, a Top Gun kind of breakout. I think it's going to be a lot of ones that do very well, but I'm curious if one does break out in that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to see um, and see if we someone's willing to put their money on something that might uh, surprise us all. Uh, Mike, what did you think of the overall field? It's interesting this year, and I agree with what everyone's saying, but my feeling is this is going to be a good summer to see if superhero fatigue is really setting in or not. Mm-hmm. And so it will be because, like Matt said, we have four big superhero movies happening this summer, and we have one Marvel film and two DC films, if I'm correct. Yes. And so, and then we have the return of Doctor Jones. So I'll be very curious to see if people want more original stuff, like everywhere, everything, all at once, or are we going to get? a Top Gun Maverick breaking through or what? It's going to be very interesting to see. And, you know, some of our picks might surprise most of us this year. And 
I'm actually looking forward to it and everything. There was no way at the beginning of last year that we could have predicted that that Top Gun Maverick was, you know, the, you know, number one film of the summer. By and, far. Yeah. I think it was the number one movie of the year. It pretty um, um Did Avatar beat it? Uh, maybe, maybe. You might so, be right. I think Avatar yeah. did beat it. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be very, very curious to see where we go. And I don't. You know, Tom Cruise does have another movie coming out this summer. He does. So, he so does. we'll get into that. So yeah, we'll I'll get be... into the Tom Cruise factor before. Yeah. And before we get into the weeds, once again, um, I have a question for all of you right now um, to put you on the spot. Ashley, we'll start with you. Is anything this summer going to beat Super, Super Mario Brothers right now? It's the highest grossing film of 2023. It's uh, five hundred and thirty-five point five million. Um, I'm sorry, it's it's four hundred ninety million uh, in the United States and Canada, and a total worldwide gross so far of over a, just over a billion. That's really huge. Um, that's really really huge. Do you? That sets the bar for the rest of these movies, right? Like, do you think anything is capable of beating that? I think technically, yes, but I think there's a lot of unknown factors. I think the one of the primary candidates could be Guardians of the Galaxy, of course, Volume 3. But we have seen, again, like Phase 4 and Phase 5 of the MCU have been a little uneven so far. Like, there's been, like, amazing films, great hits like Spider-Man, um, No Way Home, and... There's also been some ones that weren't received quite as well, like Thor, Love and Thunder, and Ant-Man, Quantumania. So, yeah, I think Guardians, if it's good, I think it could have a chance at the top spot. But people may not be quite as forgiving since, this, I think, post-Endgame, just because there's so much superhero com content. And, you know, if The Flash turns out to be an amazing film, that could maybe take it. So I think there's a lot of unknown factors. Mario could be beatable, but um, I wouldn't also be surprised if it ended as the top one of the summer, even though it came out in April. Yeah, yeah it it's just not... depends on how many extra men you can get, you know, basically. It's only, <laughs> it's only been out like, you know, a couple of weeks and it's already like almost at 500 million. Matt, do you see anything beating this this summer? Not really. Uh, possibly <laughs> domestically, uh, but that's uh, a billion dollars is a lot uh, internationally. And uh, Super Mario Brothers does play well internationally. So <laughs> my guess would be that someone may come close to the summer movies on the domestic side, but nobody touches it uh, interna uh, internationally. Mike? Um, I'm trying to think right now. I would hope that Indiana Jones would possibly come close, but internationally, I think Super Mario has it wrapped up already, and it's gonna and it's still playing very strong in a, in Asia and across the the world. I think it's just doing really, really well, especially China and Japan, and you know it's doing really, really well. So I don't I don't see anything doing it. And I can't predict saying, oh, the Marvel movie is going to be the big one because, like Ashley said, it's been hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, I think um, obviously with uh, the summer movie season starting this week with Guardians 3 coming out, as well as Super Mario Brothers will be on demand May 9th. So that's going to and, you mm -hmm. know, and, and by June, it's going to be on Peacock. So. 
I think you're going to see like it just drop pretty steadily over the next few weeks. But I mean, it's already made more of an impact than I think anybody expected. So, um, yeah, I think it's the one to beat. I'll be interested as we go through if you see that if there's any candidates for uh, for uh, challenging it for this year. So so without further ado, let's get started. As we pointed out, the summer movie season has starts. It starts doesn't start at summer anymore. It doesn't start at the end of May anymore. Now it starts at the beginning of May. And you could argue it started last month at the beginning of April with uh, Super Mario Brothers, but we're not going to go that far back. Instead, we're going to look to this weekend, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Ashley, I know you've already talked a little bit about it, but how do you feel about this movie overall? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 it continues to be one of my all-time favorite MCU movies. Just the cast of characters, the performances, the fact that it's hilarious, has this amazing soundtrack, but also has this incredible heart. Like there's genuine emotional moments that happen in these movies. And I think um, James Gunn has just done a really great balance. So I don't think that there's necessarily a reason to be worried about this just that some of the past marvel movies like quantum mania made me a little more nervous um cautious about what some of these movies coming up in the mcu could be but i i think overall that this will be a good movie and i also appreciate and respect that they're calling this an ending it's wrapping up so you're going to give these characters a complete arc and what's hopefully a satisfying ending and um just want to say James Gunn please do not kill one of my favorite characters I'm just really worried that somebody's going to die in this and if if it's Rocket I'm I'm going to be coming for you next week on the podcast so <laughs> <laughs> he has a knife and she does know how to use yeah. it <laughs> uh, Matt what do you feel about this uh this uh volume three of Guardians coming out this week a uh, good test of whether there is superhero fatigue. Um, I like Ashley. I am a huge fan of the previous films, especially the original. I still call the original my favorite MCU movie. So I have a lot of hope. Early reviews are mostly positive. Um, not that that means a whole lot, but still. Um, it's I haven't heard a lot of scary buzz about it. So it's, it's just a question more of, are people still interested in the MCU and specifically these characters? And certainly a lot of people are, but are enough to reach Super Mario Brothers levels? That's another question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it does have a couple of weeks where it doesn't have a whole lot of competition. So I think um, it, it's it's going to be wide open. It's going to have every opportunity to make the money. And um It's just whether it'll have legs once some of the other big ones hit in at the end of May and into June. The other studios certainly are giving it a wide berth uh, because there's no counter programming, really. There's nothing in the next. I mean, as you said, I mean, we'll get into it, but it's got a pretty, quote unquote, easy time of it over the next few weeks. So it's it can really dig in for the summer um, if if it so desires and if the the audiences want it. Uh, Mike, what about you? What are your personal feelings about this third one? I'm torn on this one, and God, I'm going to be saying this a lot tonight, but I agree with what both Matt and Ashley are saying. (laughs) You know, literally, it's interesting because 
this is James Gunn's last project for Marvel. And I think he wants to also go out with a bang. And I trust him. And I like what he's done with the first two Guardians movies. I liked what he's done with DC. I liked Suicide Squad. I liked Peacemaker. And, you know, I'm going to be very curious to see what he's going to do. Uh, I'm curious, though, are people going to come, though? That's the problem. Are they, you know, the casual fans, oh, the Guardians again, you know, because he even did the Christmas special. And, mm. you know, and that the ratings were good for it, but it wasn't great. And so I'll be very curious to see. I don't know how the Groot shorts did that they did for Disney Plus. I didn't, that wasn't up my wheelhouse. So I wasn't, I didn't watch those. So the one thing I am looking forward to with the movie is the soundtrack and everything. I've already pre-ordered it, that it's coming, <laughs> it's coming on Thursday. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And it's real interesting, though, because I have the, the tracks right here. Track number 17 is Come and Get Your Love by Redbow, which is from the first one. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I wonder if there's some kind of tying up with it, because that was the first song you heard in the first movie. Right. And everything. Right. So I'll be very curious to see how these all tie, tie in. And I'll be, you know, like I said, I'm not going to be going as bad as Ashley will with a knife or anything if anyone dies. <laughs> but I, di I do think this is a good nod and a good farewell to these characters and you know the commercials i've been trying to stay away from the commercials the trailers and stuff but you know i've seen one or two of them and it's typical guardians of the galaxy stuff so i'll i'll be very curious to see so good luck with it yeah um personally this is one of the ones that i'm looking forward to the most this summer this year um, I like the Guardians franchise. I liked it before they did. They came into movies, and I certainly like what James Gunn has done with them. Uh, and I don't think James is gu James Gunn is going to let us down. I think it's going to be a solid movie. The the word of mouth on this is already pretty good because it seems like most of the rest of the world has already seen it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that works, but um, uh, so uh, yeah. And thank goodness I've stayed away from spoilers. I managed to stay away from spoilers this long. I hope I can go through like this week and I'm sure my luck right before the night before or something. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> but I think as good as the guardians movies do um, as, 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 and, and it does seem kind of separate from the rest of the MCU in some ways. So I think that might be a good thing. Um, and it is, something that people can hold on to because it's not it's still part of the old phases it's like the old regime not the new stuff that they're trying to do um and it is funny but there will be probably as ashley pointed out there probably will be some sad moments um there probably will be some moments that people won't get unless they've seen the other two so does that is that keep people away from seeing this one um, as you guys have already pointed out, you know, the quote unquote superhero fatigue, um, are people like, does it apply or are, are people just going to say the heck with it? I want to go see this movie. Um, that's, those are real big questions. Uh, I don't pretend to have the answer for them, but I think if you're a betting person, 
uh, and we'll go through the rest of them this year, the rest of the field. But this seems to be the safe bet uh, to win the summer. Uh, to if anything has any chance of of coming close to Super Super Mario, um, and you know this is it, and and this is important because Marvel's got like what one other movie this summer, the Marvels, right? And and another, uh, I think they've got a couple of other things. So if this doesn't hit, if this doesn't land, I, I would imagine that people in Marvel are going to be like looking around, like, what do we do now? So it is a it is good uh, going to be an interesting test. All right, so that's really the only thing that opens this week of note. Uh, then we go to May twelfth, and as you guys pointed out, there's not really a lot of stuff happening like coming out May twelfth. Like there's, I mean, there's the book club next chapter. Uh, you know, there's a, a Ben Affleck movie called Hypnotic. Um, you know, there's a Failey movie called Rally Road Racers, but that's, I mean, those are things that I, I don't think will make any of an, any, any impact. Um, does anybody else see anything uh, that week that of note? Well, I watched a lot of uh, previews of ones I'd one that's familiar with, and one that was listed on mine, but wasn't listed on the one that you sent the link to that's coming out that week, is a Charlie Day movie called Fool's Paradise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You might it might be a different week. I don't know, but I showed it as being on May twelfth, and that looked like a funny preview. But again, that's just a good comedy. Nothing like summer movie blockbuster kind of thing. Just a, a good comedy to kind of break up between blockbusters for me. All <laughs> right. So May nineteenth, Fast X. Of course, Vin Diesel and crew are back, and this looks like the biggest one yet. I think, from what I understand, this is the first part of a two part finale film. For them, I don't know if that's finale. Remember, folks, use air quotes on this. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, But the fast movies always do well. Um, Mike, we're going to start with you, so you don't have to worry about uh, reagreeing with anybody. Uh, How do you feel about Fast X? I've never seen one of the Fast and Furious movies, and I'm not planning on starting. So you know, it's starting with with ten would be a weird thing to do. Yeah, it would. (laughs) But from what I hear, you don't really need to see any of the others to understand what's going on. And you know, so for this one, you know, I think it's going to do maybe that'll knock Guardians off of the number one spot, but I don't think it's going to have staying power because it has Jason Momoa as the bad guy in this one. Sure, sure. I mean, the cast is amazing. I mean, everybody who's been in a fast movie except for The Rock is going to be in this, I think. Um, that's what it looks like. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the ninth one, I don't think did really well. And I think a lot of people kind of tapped out because it got, you know, that's where they were in space. So, um, I haven't seen any of them past the second one. So I tapped out a long time ago. But Matt, do you have any? Sort of thoughts about Fast X? Well, I work in auto repair, so this is a favorite franchise amongst people I work with. Uh, but um, and 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 I watched the first one back when it came out. Seems like forever ago. Yeah, I saw and, the first one in the theater. That's the only one I've seen. And now they're in space. They're they're international espionage, just like this. The, I just remembered it being about illegal street racing. That's all I know about it. It's gone a long way from that. Yeah, it's become kind of cartoonish. 
Yeah. In a lot of ways. It was exaggerated. Uh, Ashley, what about, you, what about you? How do you feel about the franchise and how do you feel about this latest installment? Yeah. So I, I'm kind of disappointed this is not Hobbs and Shaw 2, which is funny because <laughs> I'm not really a, I haven't really gotten into Fast and Furious, but I did quite enjoy Hobbs and Shaw. It's always tough to predict something that like with the franchise you're not super into because I don't really follow, you know, people's levels of excitement. I could honestly see this going either way. Like it's being marketed as a finale. So people are interested. They're going to jump back in and kind of want to see this last hurrah or they're already burned out by this point and don't really care. So I, I feel like it'll do either really well or it'll just kind of fall on its face and then disappear quietly from the box office. So I, right. I, it could go either way. I think, I think it is the, if it is true, that it's the first part of two that are, uh, you know, obviously a lot <laughs> rides on the fact that this one does ex- at least a little bit well, you know, yeah. because they've got the last one and will anybody care? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't see this one being a major uh, impact on the box office it's probably going to be in the top 10 just because they always seem to do but it just really depends on so many other factors um but i i i as ashley pointed out i don't know this franchise so it's hard for me to tell whether or not i'm just tired of it and it seems like i got tired of it like a decade ago um or if other people are tired of it too because they keep doing well but who knows if uh but i i i wouldn't put money on this one making too much of an impact myself it'll, it'll be interesting though because it does usually very well internationally more even than the, in the u.s sure sure absolutely but for you know when we do our predictions it's only uh north america right it's only the u.s and canada right that we that we factor in um so all right man the next weekend may 26th we've got the little mermaid a live action, quote unquote, live action remake of uh, a Disney classic with Halle Bailey, uh, Melissa McCarthy, Javier Bardem, uh, big cast. Um, these Disney remakes do stupid money. Like oh, I have, so. I have not seen a, a, one, a, any of them, and I haven't heard that any of them are really great. But man, they do stupid money. Like. $350 million money. Like, I think the last one, Aladdin, and that didn't even get good reviews, got like $350 million. Um, So is this going to be in the top five? Probably. Oh, I now, almost guarantee it. Now, there is a little bit of controversy with this one. Uh, the casting of Halle Bailey has uh, got, uh, you know, some sect uh, upset. Um, so is that gonna, is that gonna eat into this one or not? I, I don't know, but I would not bet. I mean, for me, and we'll talk about some more, but Disney's probably got four movies in the top five this year. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I think if you own stock in Disney, you're, you're doing pretty okay this summer. Um, Matt, what do you feel about the Little Mermaid? I think this one might be a little... They're hyping it a little bit more than the other live action remakes. They're they seem to be in a rush to do some of them on even on Disney Plus, and those are not doing particularly well. Um, but I think the I, I don't want to call it a controversy because I think the controversy is ludicrous. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I think it may work to an advantage to to have it stand out since they've done so many of these remakes. I I think 
I think this was going to surprise a lot of people. I think this is going to do exceptionally well. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, better than the last one. Better than Aladdin, maybe? I expect so. Okay. I expect this will be the best of the live-action remakes. Of the, well, the highest, I should say, the highest grossing of the live-action remakes. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what about you? Because I know you're not going to see this. Oh, really? No, of course not. <laughs> you know, I'll watch it on Disney Plus, but you know, because I like the original, and you know, it it was interesting because Little Mermaid was the beginning of the reinvention of Disney of the big films of the big animated films that Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King. I could think, you know, yeah. those. And it's real interesting that we're going to get, you know, you know, Little Mermaid coming to the big screen. And I'm not paying attention to any of the controversy or anything, you know, let it stand on its own as a just a, a solid remake. And I'm I hope it does well. I really do. It's I'm not the target audience for it, though, but I'm a Disney, a big enough Disney fan that I will watch it, but not at the theaters. And it also has a plus that it's opening Memorial Day weekend here in the United States. Mm -hmm. So it has, you know, kids off from vacation and it's a three day weekend. And, you know, people are getting out and taking going to the movies, even when they're at going to the beach or something. They want to get off the hot beach after a while. They take their kids to the movies. It's what we used to do with William when he was little. And, you know. Mm -hmm. Just to, you know, to keep them occupied and everything. And Little Mermaid is the closest thing to a family-friendly movie out that weekend. Unless it really go, is. It's the first um, unless we go, to, Unless we go see Mario, you know. <laughs> right. Well, it might still be playing. It might still be playing. Um, although I think at this point it'll be, well, no, not streaming just yet. But uh, yeah. uh, Ashley, how do you feel about The Little Mermaid? Yeah, so this is actually a must-see on opening weekend for me because I am a huge fan of the Disney animation renaissance era, and this has so much nostalgia for me. Like, I remember being a little kid and watching Little Mermaid on VHS. I remember driving my grandmother crazy when she was babysitting me. I think when my little brother was born because I want to just, like, rewind it and watch it again and again and again. So I have generally enjoyed the Disney live-action remakes. There's been some ones that are, like, eh, not so good, but I've enjoyed, like, Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella. And uh, my hope is that the so-called controversy is really just, like, a small group of people that are being negative and vocal online. I mean, and all the trailers, like um, Holly Bailey, I'm not super familiar with her work, but her voice is just incredible, like hearing her sing these classic songs. So I think that as long as this one gets decent reviews, this could be a really, really big hit, maybe even potentially the hit of the summer. So really, really curious to see how how it performs. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. I think it is contingent on how good Halle Bailey can sing because if she knocks everybody out like in the theater, like with her voice, then this is going to do huge numbers. Um, and all is going to be forgiven, right. As far as if anything has to be forgiven. I mean, yeah. yes, I don't, you know, the only reason I, I noticed that the, there's a little bit of a backlash against the casting of this is just because I'm looking to see if there's, if that's going to affect the box office and, might it maybe, but I, I don't think so. Not, not enough. Not, I wouldn't count against Disney and especially their track record on these or just it. Like I said, it's stupid money. You can't really understand. I don't really understand how and why they do well, 
but they do. They just do. Like people just go to see these in droves. So um yeah, I would not be surprised if this was in the top five. Is it enough to be number one? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, we'll have to see. Uh we'll have to see what our predictions are at the end of this all this, right? Yeah. Um think, go ahead, Matt. Uh, uh, one last point. I think uh there are some original songs. Uh, being released with this in addition mm. to some remakes of classics. Mm. I think if one of those original songs is being hummed by little girls throughout the country, I think we have our answer on how big of a hit this is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So anything else Memorial Day weekend that you guys wanted to point out? There's a few other movies, but nothing I don't think really of significant note. Um, but uh, what up, Matt? The Machine. Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill is in this, mm-hmm. and it was one of those that I just I checked out the uh, trailer right before we uh, recorded, and it looks hilarious. Um, okay, it's got a comedian who apparently I'm not familiar with him, and I, I can't remember his name, but he's most known for doing uh, stand-up shows shirtless. Is a thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's basically 20 years ago he went to Russia and. Uh, made a, a butt of himself and uh apparently there's some revenge from russia today and and 20 year older and probably about 75 pounds heavier version of him is having to deal with those repercussions and mark hamill somehow is is with him in the present day too and it just it looks it looks hilarious yeah. i don't think it's going to be a hit but it is one that i am going to check out personally yeah that's when a note I did see the trailer of that one also, and it is, it looks genuinely funny. But then again, that's a streaming movie for me, though. I won't go to the theater to see yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we skip ahead to June. Well, you also oh. uh, missed uh, Kandahar also, which is for going out for the action adventure crowd. And it's, you know, it's interesting because it's a uh, Jared Butler movie, and it's been playing trailers on almost every film we've gone to see recently and it's trying to go for the same type of crew that will go who went to go see the top gun movie and such and because it's about the afghan war and it's you know and it's, you know it looks interesting and again this is a streaming movie for me but not going to the theaters yeah i mean gerard butler's action movies i think what was the last one he did plane uh they they do they they have their audiences right they do pretty Mm -hmm. well i don't know if any of them will rise out of the 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 pack of those but i think it'll be a solid you know movie to check out uh there's counter programming to little mermaid for sure uh but um you know i don't know if it's going to be yeah i don't think it's going to make an impact as far as anything else other than that maybe um but uh yeah good to note it good to note it all right, so now we go to June, June 2nd. We have our, is it second now? Second uh, superhero movie of the summer uh, with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, I've been waiting um, for this one for a long time. They've been, yeah. they, the advertisement on this has been crazy. Uh, they've been out there. Ashley, you look like you're really excited about this one. <laughs> yes, yeah. If if you couldn't tell, I'm just a little bit hyped about this movie. This is my most anticipated movie of the summer. The original um, of this franchise was my favorite movie in whatever year it came out. I can't remember. I think it was like 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. something like that. But I just loved the unique animation style was so breathtaking to 
see on the big screen, but also the characters, like getting to know Miles Morales and just all the different versions of Spider-Man. It was kind of like Guardians in that it was funny, but it also had some genuine moments of heart. So I'm really excited to see the sequel. I enjoy what I'm seeing Mm -hmm. from the previews. This is definitely going to be one that I want to see on the biggest screen possible, and hopefully it'll be good enough that I want to go back multiple times. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Matt, what about you? Uh, Pretty much mirror everything Ashley just said. Um, I can remember sitting in the theater. um, I was like, oh, it's an animated Spider-Man movie. I got to go see it because I like Spider-Man. And at the end of it, I looked at a guy sitting next to me, complete stranger, and we just said, that was freaking amazing. And um, and I've seen it three or four times since. And uh, I have every reason to believe they are going to continue that high level with this one. Mike? And also remember, this is just part one. This is a, you know, mm-hmm. basically, this is one that's going to be split in two also. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to this one. I am very curious to see where they're going to go with it and how many frippin' Spider-Men are we going to get? <laughs> you know, I've already started purchasing my Funkos for <laughs> it and, and everything. Oh, yeah. it'll make a bunch. <laughs> oh, I already got um, Indian Spider-Man and I got uh, Spider-Punk um, in today. And so it's there's just so many different ones out that are going to be coming. And I love how each one is a different art style i love how they're doing the animation in this for some uh, somebody like myself who studied animation in college this is like a wet dream this is just like all the different things we played with all the different styles and i i love it and we're getting some familiar faces from the last movie but we're getting brand new ones and it's it looks just amazing for me this is like one of them that come on try to beat it type thing and everything because that's how good it looks for me yeah the uh yeah as far as the 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 film itself i'm definitely looking forward to this and seeing uh seeing this follow-up um box office wise this one's really tricky uh because the first one took everybody by surprise and just came up shy of 200 million um and i'm going to tell you this summer 200 million is not going to cut it now will this one do better than the second one i believe it will um there are some people who are were you know are still on a high from the last spider-man mcu movie which dealt with the a multiverse so i think that helps um but there are some people who just whatever you whatever for whatever reason just don't go to animated movies. Uh, they just feel like they're for kids or whatever. I don't know. But um, in any case, uh, and it's it's a family movie, but it's not Disney family movie, right? It's not like you don't take your little ones to see this one. I don't think so. I I don't know where to place this one. <laughs> just like I'm looking, I'm excited for it. It's in my wheelhouse. But as far as the general public, where do you put this one? I definitely think it's going to do better than the last one. Uh, but what does that mean? Um, does it make $300 million? That's a big jump. That's a big jump from the second one. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'm willing to commit to that, to that much success for it. 
But uh, what do you guys think? Do you guys think it'll do better than the first one? And how high do you think it might go? I'm not really looking at this one to be one of contenders for the biggest box office. And that's not what I'm coming at this from. I think it'll um, it'll make its share. It'll make its money. I think it'll do well uh, in other formats as it gets released other formats. <laughs> and I think it will help to help to establish Sony's franchise separate from the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's clearly the strongest they've done outside of the MCU, I think. And uh, I think they really want to, they really want to play that up. And I think it works in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think it's going to break records at the box office, but I think it will be well received. will do decently and will be well liked. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be pleased with that. It also I depends think. for me, word of mouth mm-hmm. and, you know, how many times are people going to go back and see it again? Um, and, you know, like people, when they came out of the first one, like Matt said, people were like that. That was an amazing movie. It took people completely by surprise. You know, in some ways, some folks were like expecting, oh, it's another Lego Batman movie or something like that. And it it wasn't. It wasn't a kid's movie. This was a great, great film. In some ways, I think it had a better plot than a lot of the Spider-Man movies. And I... I enjoyed it tons. And so I'm, it has a very high bar to live up to. And I think that's part of it too. I think they're going to do great with it, but is it almost overkill with how many characters are going to have in it? Are they going to have too many Spider-Man? Are they going to have too many, you know, that's what people were complaining about. Do you ever have too many Spider-Man? That's why I dropped, that's why I dropped the comic. So yeah. Well, you never know. Interesting. Drop the comics, but it, I want to see the animated movie. Um, I uh, it's a lot cheaper to go see the movie. <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, it depends. Uh, these days, um, yeah, I I don't know. Um, it's, it'll be interesting to see. Obviously, it's placed at the beginning of June. Um, you know, I ooh man, I don't know. Um, I like it though. I want to see it so. For me, it's a must-see. So hopefully for a lot of other people, it's that way too. I don't see any other must-sees that week, but there certainly are a few other movies that come out that week. Uh, anything some, else that anybody wants to know? There's some counter-programming for it. Like there's a Stephen King movie coming out, The Boogeyman, mm. or there's also a Past Lives, which is it's a romance. And then there's also a Simulant, which is a sci-fi thriller. So... I don't think I don't even think any of those will come close to Spider-Man though. I no, think Spider-Man. No, I think I think one thing I I can I can I'm fairly confident in predicting is that Spider-Man across the universe will win the weekend. Mm-hmm. Even with the tail like with the second being the second week of Little Mermaid. I think uh this animated movie comes in and goes, "Okay, I'm going to dethrone you now, Little Mermaid. That was fun for mm-hmm. you, but now it's my time." Yeah. Uh okay, so uh by the way, June 4th is a re-release of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. So for those people who are may not be familiar with Indiana Jones, uh <laughs> um they can uh, start from the very beginning uh on uh, at Fathom Events uh on the, at the beginning of June. So um all right, so now we go to June 9th. 
June 9th, we have Transformers Rise of the Beasts with Academy Award winning Michelle Yeoh leading the charge. Um, there's also a, a few other names in this Pete Davison, uh, Peter Dinklage, Ron Perlman. It is a Transformers movie. Uh, does that mean what it used to mean, Mike? No, not at all. <laughs> I will do, I will say this though Bumblebee restored my faith in the mm-hmm. series. So, you know, as long as it's not a Michael Bay movie, you know, I'm fine with it. I won't go see it. I've, I've lost faith in the series. I saw the first two in the theater. And after that, I just lost interest in it. And I did watch Bumblebee late at night on HBO, but that was it, you know, but I won't go back to see this. I'll, if it's streaming somewhere in December or something and it's late at night, I'm like editing a podcast or something. I'll <laughs> put it on. So, but no, it's for me, you know, it might, I don't, it would be interesting. I'm going to be very curious to see if Spider-Man could hold off against Transformers the week before. Mm-hmm. That'll be, that'll tell us all we, th- all we need to know about Spider-Man, I think. Mm-hmm. If Spider-Man's going to make an impact, it'll hold its own. But if it just dives uh, and Transformers just rises way above it, then yeah, uh, Spider-Man didn't have a chance. Uh, Matt, what do you think about Transformers Rise of the Beasts? I'm not really familiar with, is this like the Beast with a toy line as well? Um. I honestly don't know. Um, I do have a brother-in-law. <laughs> I do have a brother-in-law who is obsessed with Transformers. I do too. Um, <laughs> and, he's, and he's currently in Honduras getting his visa renewed. Uh, he'll be back well before then, hopefully, unless something goes horribly wrong. Um, and we saw Bumblebee when it came out in the theater. I mean, I might just go just to hang out with him, you know, but mm-hmm. that would be the only reason I would go to it, I think. Gotcha. Ashley, how do you feel about the Transformers movies, particularly this one? Yeah, so um, Bumblebee actually really caught me by surprise that it was a little bit narrower in scope and more character focused, which is not something I necessarily would have thought I would be saying about a Transformers movie. So I had kind of wished they would have continued to go in that direction. I actually was not didn't even realize this movie was coming out this summer until I saw a trailer for it before another movie I was watching. It's like, oh, there's another one. So this is kind of like a similar situation to the new Fast and the Furious movie. I am not personally a part of the fan base, but I know there is a fan base. Is this movie, whatever it is, going to energize people and get them excited about going to the theater or are even the fans kind of burned out and it'll kind of come and go quietly. So this is another one I could see um, going either way in terms of what public demands are, but it's hard since I'm not super involved in the fandom. I'm not sure what people are um, interested in, but then again, I mean, Michelle Yeoh is fantastic and Peter Dinklage as well. So hopefully if, even if this movie is a dumpster fire, hopefully at least those two wonderful (laughs) actors got well paid. So (laughs) Um, yeah, it's interesting. I think what we're seeing so far, this trend that I'm seeing already, and this is just the second month of the summer, is that uh, the question is, okay, these movies are coming out for specific fan bases, whether mm-hmm. it's Spider-Man or whether it's Transformers, whether it's F9 or even Guardians for that extent. And they'll probably do well within those bases. Uh, but um, 
will they have enough to go outside of their base? And right now, Guardian seems like it's the only one right now that I feel confident in saying that that one can. But, I mean, it's possible that any of these could. Um, but I, like you, Ashley, saw a Transformers, uh, a trailer for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, um, trailer for that uh, before some other movie that we saw. And uh, I was surprised that there was another one. And uh, I was also surprised because I could actually tell the robots apart. Like I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> like in, in, the, in the second one, I, I, like I, during the fights, I had a hard time telling who was the good guys and who were the bad guys and what character is what. But this one seemed very clear, and I was like, "Okay, it looks like they fixed that issue." Mm-hmm. Whether or not, it, and I mean, I've had I've heard good things about Bumblebee. Whether or not it's too little, too late as far as this franchise goes, I mean, we'll have to see. Um, but if the Beasts bots or whatever, if they are a separate line of of toys that I think a lot of people remember, that could help bump this up mm-hmm. a bit. I think. Um. There's some other movies uh, that kind of out this weekend. I don't see anything like a serious note, but you guys uh, tell me if there's anything else that uh, strikes your fanny fancy fancy. <laughs> strikes well, okay, Mike. Wow. wow. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, saucy kind of movies. That's Ooh, saucy. Okay. All right. Well, there is Strays, which is you know another another animated dog movie, and. It has Will Ferrell, it has Jamie Foxx, Sophia Viagra, and, you know, Isla Fisher. And so it has a decent voice crew, but it's one of those movies where they're just putting it out as, you know, it just depends on the story, folks. And, you know, most I've of seen the world... trailer for this one, and there's a Red Band trailer. This is just R. This is yeah. not a family movie. No. Uh, not at all. Not even a little bit. No. <laughs> this is a R-rated uh, animated movie. So... Um, do, uh, it, but you know, is that going to be enough? I mean, it is counter programming, but, uh, you know, I think, I don't know. It's hard to, there's always one comedy that seems to rise above every year. Is this it? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far on this one, but the trailer did make me chuckle a couple of times and it is really raunchy. It is really raunchy. So if you want to see a raunchy, uh, trailer, red band trailer, I would check this one out. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Okay. Now we go to June 16th. Oof. June 16th, we have, I think, our first real battle of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, between two, two uh, titans. Uh, we've got the return of Pixar to the theater. Uh, well, I mean, technically, it returned. they returned with uh, Buzz Lightyear. But really, this is the first original movie from Pixar to be released in the theater in a long time called Elemental. And we have the DC epic, The Flash, which is being promoted more of a Batman movie than it is a Flash movie. Um, Matt, what do you think about this battle? Um, And which one are you more interested in? Well, this is the first weekend that I'm definitely seeing two of the movies that are coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. I will see both of those. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to joke for a second that one of the two was the blackening, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, which actually doesn't sound too bad either, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, I am a fan of Pixar. Um, I haven't seen the heart moment, which Pixar has to have, but it doesn't mean it's not in there. And as long as it has that moment, it's got me. Um, the Flash, I'm scared. 
I am scared to death how this is going to do. Um, I think with James Gunn and the other gentleman who's uh, basically redoing the DC's cinema mm-hmm. universe, that put this one kind of out there a little bit. Like, we know they're not really going to follow up with anything. They, they did say this is going to kind of set it up, but I think more in just that this is going to wipe the slate clean more so than it's going to provide any jumping off points because most of this was already done before the plans were made for James Gunn's uh, version of the universe. Um, also, we have the leads uh, problems, issues, very serious issues. Very serious issues. And I am very scared because I want this movie to do well. I will have the geek moment of seeing Michael Keaton as Batman. But I think that's what it's banking on. It's banking on the feels when you see Michael Keaton. But I don't know that this has enough other stuff to write to for it to rise up to what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Uh, Ashley, what about you? How do you feel about uh, these movies? Yeah, so I will say that the trailer for Elemental didn't necessarily immediately wow me. But going off of Pixar's history and reputation and the creativeness of the concept. Um, I'm definitely excited to see this one and hoping it does well. The flash is a tricky one because I am excited to see it. Um, will be cool to see Ben Affleck and uh, back as a Batman, which I'm excited about too, but there is the cloud hanging over it with the allegations and controversy surrounding Ezra Miller. And it's one of those, can people separate the art from the artist? And is this movie going to be one of those really intriguing with all these storylines and timelines going, or is it going to be a muddled mess? I think this one maybe is more so than guardians of the galaxy is really going to be writing on good reviews. Like if critics love it and it's got great buzz, I think that's really going to drive people to the theater on opening weekend. But if it gets ho-hum reviews, even um, it's going to die a quick death. Mm. Well, supposedly Tom Cruise saw it and loved it. So no, well, hey, said, there you he go. Said, he said it's one of the best pictures he's ever seen. Well, hey, there we go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about uh, these two movies? I'm looking forward to both, truthfully. Like everyone's been saying, this is a weekend I'm going to go see the mo- two different movies. And I'm looking forward to The Flash because it's basically supposed to be the Flashpoint story. And so we can look at the film and go, damn it, Barry, once again. It'll be awesome to do. I'm not a fan of Ezra Miller's. I am so not a fan of his and I never have been, and I never thought what the hype was about him and everything, and then all the stunts he's been pulling and such, and I'm one of those people who've been looking forward to seeing this movie and keep on wondering why did they continue with this one but pull back, girl? And, you know, so I'm thinking what we could have gotten. So I'll be very curious to do. I have hopes for it. I really do because I like the source material. And I'm looking forward to seeing Michael Keaton. And I'm also looking forward to seeing Ben Affleck as Batman again. And also there's supposed to be some other cameos that we they haven't announced yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of those. Also, 
in this. So bring it on. I'll I'll be there with my popcorn. No doubt about it. So I'm looking forward to that, but I'm really also looking forward to Elemental. It looks adorable. You know, you know, what happens when fire and water fall in love with each other? You know, it's it's gonna be cute. And I hope, you know, Pixar can pick their original stories up and, you know, bring us some quality stuff like they have in the past because the last couple have been just meh. So I'm very curious to see what happens with this. It looks gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. The animation looks great, but the story, I'm worried. Yeah. Um, yeah, this will be a true test to see if Pixar really is back for me. Um, not that I think that they were, they've slouched, but I mean, I do think, um, I mean, Turning Red was great. I think they made a mistake by not releasing that in the theater. Um, uh, Buzz Lightyear was just an odd duck to you know, try to market and try to figure out. I think just left a lot of people confused. I don't think it was, I mean, we reviewed it. It wasn't horrible, but I think we were just like, why is this, why does this exist? Um, but Elemental is one that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fresh idea. As you said, Mike, I like the idea of fire and water, you know, falling in love, getting together, whatever. Um, I've seen a preview and the animation again, looks fantastic. No surprise there. Um, they look like they're going to do some interesting things with elements, uh, with animation wise. So that could be fun to watch. Um, but whether or not, you know, it's enough for people. I don't, I don't know whether or not it has that moment, but, um, and as far as the flash goes, you guys have already really said it. I mean, Ezra Miller is a garbage pile. I mean, he's just not a great person. Um, and there's two of them in this. <laughs> when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh my God, not only do I have to watch Ezra Miller, but I've got to watch two of him. Um, however, the way they're marketing this, the story is really compelling. I mean, we've seen it in the comics, sure, but this is the first time we've seen it kind of on the big screen like this. Um, you know, the fact that he can, you know, he's trying to go back and save his mom. Obviously, that resonates with both Batman. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess they had to, because of Ezra's behavior, they kind of had to spill their 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 marbles or whatever and, and sort of spill the news that, that Michael Keaton was Batman in this because it would have been a heck of a surprise. I mean, just like the Spider-Man movie, you know, with Toby and them being coming back, that was a huge surprise for the most part. Um, but, you know, the, the Batman, obviously there's two of them. We've got a Superwoman in this. We've got a bunch of other things happening. I think if, I think Michael Keaton's enough to make this interesting as far as a successful movie especially if he's in it more than 15 minutes. If he's only in it for like five, 10 minutes, then that's going to really hurt. People are going to be like, you don't need to watch it. They're going to come out of the theater and be like, you don't need to see it. You can wait till it comes on video or streaming or whatever. Um, but this is going to be an IMAX. It's filmed for IMAX. Uh, the word of mouth is that it's pretty good. Most of that word of mouth is coming from people inside Warner Brothers. So <laughs> I don't know how much you can believe that. But... Um, so yeah, this will be the first time I see three movies that are in the theater as well. And I'm looking at seeing a third too. I believe we're going to maybe even review this one this week. And I mean, this month, and that's Asteroid City, uh, because that one is limited release starting this month. And then that goes to wider release. So, um, and that's the, that's the new one from Wes Anderson. So, 
but this one, I saw a trailer for that one, and that looked pretty fun as well. So you've it got was, three. It months. was funny, though, because as soon as you saw the trailer, you were like, Faber, we've got to do this one. You were I like, did. I was like, we've yeah. never done a Wes Anderson movie in this on this podcast before. And I'm like, this seems like the perfect one for us to do because it's got a little bit of a sci-fi element to it. The cast is amazing. Um, so, yeah, I definitely look forward to that, too. So there's three movies that I'm looking forward to. And I must admit, I'm rooting for Elemental and Asteroid City more than... All right. The other movie that we have is a horror movie called The Blackening, which is a comedy horror movie. So uh those you know i think if you look at the track record of those they don't really do so well so so um all right so june 23rd um we have uh again the aforementioned asteroid city goes wide so whether or not that's gonna i don't think that's gonna make an impact as far as the box office wes anderson uh, movies never do a fantasy movie called Wonderwell, which has it says has carrie fisher in it which is a neat trick so i don't sure it must is that animated or I don't know. That's weird. Um, a romantic comedy with Jennifer Lawrence and Matthew Broderick. Uh, nothing else of note that I see. Anything um, from you guys? Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, no hard feelings. The romantic comedy is almost more of a throwback to the um, American Pie and Porky's movie. It's it, it, it's at least in the trailer, it seems to be more focused on kind of raunchy sex comedy. Mm. Um yeah, and uh, uh, it looked pretty funny. I mean, it's not one I would consider seeing in a theater, but uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a stream when it becomes available for me. Okay, okay. Uh, and now we go to the end of June, and the end of June is the big movie of that weekend is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, it's been a long time since we've had an Indiana Jones movie. Um, this is 1989, this is the fourth one in the franchise, right? Fourth one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, I, I can't not, I cannot be subjective about this at all. I mean, objective about this at all. Raiders of the Lost Ark is my favorite movie of all time. It really inspired me when I was a kid. Uh, I'm probably going to see it when it is re-released um, at the beginning of this month, uh, June anyway. And even though this one's not directed by Spielberg, even though the last one, we we have to acknowledge that it exists, and even though the last one did not thrill me, and... You didn't like Sean the, Connery in the movie? What? And even though the trailer for this one didn't wow me, I want this to succeed. I want this more than anything, more than any other movie that's coming out this year. I want this to be good. I want this to be this year's Top Gun Maverick. That's a big ask. That's a huge ask. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Is that too much of an ask for this? I don't think so. I I think it has that potential. Um, The big question is if it's good. If it's good, it can do it. Um, for what it's worth, Harrison Ford has heaped praise on it, and Harrison Ford's not one to prevaricate if he's not happy about something. <laughs> so um, I'm op- I'm cautiously optimistic that this is going to be a good finale, and it needs to be a finale because bless him, the man is getting up there in age. I don't care how much CG de aging they do. He um, 
he it's time to to step down. But I'm glad that we're going to have an opportunity to end it on a different note than uh, Kingdom of Crystal Skulls. And mm-hmm. I think I think it I think it has to be better than that one. Good Lord, it has to be. Ashley, welcome back. Just in time to hear your thoughts on Dial of Destiny. Oh, good. I apologize. I had to step away from a, for a minute, but was hoping that I hadn't missed um, the discussion on uh, Indiana Jones. So, and I apologize if I repeat anything that anybody else has already said. But I'm looking forward to this one. I'm nervous about it because I think there's so much pressure just based on the reception of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and just the years of fans that this franchise has and so realistically probably the last time we'll get to see Harrison Ford as the character so I'm really looking forward to it I hope it's good I have a lot of faith in James Mangold I've really really enjoyed his other films that he has put out and I think that he's a great choice to carry this on um Based on the fact that he was announced as the director of a new Star Wars movie, I feel like Lucasfilm enjoyed at least working with him and is at least preliminary pleased with the product he put out. So, yeah, I, I'm i really looking forward to this one as to how well it does at the box office. Again, I think it's based on reviews, like if it does really well and really pulls in that nostalgia and a finale to this well-loved franchise, I think it could do really well and um especially in its placement in the summer it's playing over the july 4th weekend isn't it mm-hmm. uh, the holiday yeah, weekend. It's, it's yeah it's right there yeah so i think yeah that that will do well people going out to see it and so yeah hoping hoping that it's good and that it's worth the wait and is the send-off that um this character has earned mike they both said it perfectly you know this is going to be the last Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. They can continue the series with other actors. And I would love to see it go out with a bang. I don't even want to think about Kingdom of Crystal Skulls at all. And it's just a lot of, you know, goodness and a lot of positivity coming towards this. And they have a great cast with this one. And I just hope they don't waste it. And I'm really, really, this is one of my, the highest movies I'm waiting for over the summer. And, you know, let's see what happens. Indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already said that, you know, I, I'm really hoping this one does really well, but I mean, there, there's a lot against it. I mean, this has got a tough hill to climb. Um, but if anybody can climb it, I think it's Indiana Jones. Um, so, uh, yeah, be really interested to see. So that takes us all through June. Before we get to the rest of the July 4th releases and go into July and August, uh, we're going to take a real quick break. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. When Freddie Mercury passed away in November of 1991, he left his pride and joy, his London home called Garden Lodge, um, filled with all of his personal effects to his dearest friend in the world, Mary Austin. And for the past 32 years, she has kept that 
house and everything as he left it. Um, and now the time has come. She has announced that she needs to put her affairs in order. Uh, she didn't indicate if this means that she is ill. Hopefully not. Hopefully it's just um, taking stock of what she can keep at this time in her life. She's 72 years old. She's keeping a very few personal items only. Uh, she said she had to be brave and put it all out there. So 1,500 things are going on the auction block including handwritten lyrics, queen memorabilia, antiques, art, including Picasso's, costumes. Um, seven and a half million is what they expect it will bring in. The red cape and the crown that he wore on the last queen tour alone is expected to pull in sixty to 80,000. Uh, Sotheby's will be doing the, the honors. Um, they are calling the exhibit Freddie Mercury, A World of His Own. Uh, some of these items will be going on tour. They'll be in display through June at, in New York, then Los Angeles, then Hong Kong, then in London through August, and then starting September 6th, the day after what would have been Freddie's 77th birthday, uh, the auction will take place in three different sections, his stage life, his home life, and a whole separate section of his uh, Japanese collection. So um, very bittersweet, um, but also fascinating. And you just have to hope that these things will find homes with people who respect and love them the way that he did. And hopefully maybe a few things uh, that the public will get to take a look at too. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show Moment, and we'll catch you next time. Soul Forge Podcast. It's a geeky look at love, life, fandom, mental health, pop culture, and so much more. If you're into learning about yourself and the universe, Soul Forge is your podcast. Each week, we have a surprising new topic. From stupid things we do for love, to product reviews, and there's almost always a fun guest host. Like and subscribe to Soul Forge Podcast today. And we are back, and we are in July, with July 7th. Um, to be honest with you, I don't see anything in July 7th that's really uh, striking my fancy as far as making an impact or even something that I'm interested in uh, personally. Uh, you've got the, another Insidious movie. Um, I guess those do okay. Oh, they do um, great. You've got a thriller called The Lesson with Richard E. Grant and Julie Delpy, a comedy named uh, called Joyride with a bunch of people I don't recognize. And and a, a sci-fi movie called Biosphere. Again, a bunch of people I don't recognize. So, so it looks like uh, I think Indiana Jones is still going to uh, rule the the weekend uh, as far as the first week of July. I think. Um, right. So, so then we've got. Let's see. The next weekend. Uh, next weekend, there's only like I mean, one movie, and everybody else is staying away. Like <laughs> everybody. I mean, thanks to. Thanks to his success as 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 the Top Gun Maverick, everybody is staying clear of Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise with Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One has got the weekend pretty much all to himself. And how do we feel about Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, which is the longest title we've had so far? Well, Dial of Destiny is pretty long. So, Mike, what do you feel about Mission Impossible? Can Tom Cruise do it again? Yes, I think he can. I think he is going to be very successful with the Mission Impossible film. And this is another part one of two parts. 
But this one actually says part one. The other yeah. ones aren't. I won't say that in the title because they know that'll kill the box office a little bit. I don't think anyone's worried about it with this one. Oh, Chris is uh, like, you know what? I, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Confidence. And, I can respect that. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's just not Tom Cruise. He has a great supporting cast with him with these movies. And I really have enjoyed the last three or four of them, actually. Mm -hmm. And I think it, they're on a stride. And if they capture the excitement and the fun of these last couple, I think they're in, we're in store for a great, great film. And we get the addition of Hallie Atwell in this one, too. So we get Agent Carter. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And I, I think it's good. I, I think this is going to be the one to beat for July, other than Indiana Jones. Ashley, how do you feel about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? Yeah, so I am really excited about this one. Um, I kind of came into the Mission Impossible franchise. I'm not sure what possessed me, but maybe something about the trailer for Ghost Protocol. I decided to go see it in IMAX. I think the IMAX theater in our um town was still fairly new at the time. I think this is the only time I've ever screamed out loud in the theater was when Tom Cruise's hand comes off the super tall skyscraper and you think <laughs> he's going to fall for a minute. So I think these movies are better than they have any right to be. And it's one of those rare franchises that I feel like keeps getting better and better as it goes along. And I really like the emphasis on practical effects and stunts. I Tom Cruise is absolutely crazy, but it's interesting to watch him do his thing. So I'm really looking forward to this one and I think it will do well. And it's nice to see the confidence that it's pretty much by itself in the weekend. So other studios are taking it seriously. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Matt, how do you feel about uh, this Mission Impossible movie? I'm going to see it on the biggest screen I can possibly find. I. Mm -hmm. I'm 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 a believer. I am a converted believer. I saw the first couple. I uh, thought they were okay, a little stylistic. I sort of fell off for a couple installments, and then I caught up when one of them was coming out. And I said, "Well, I guess I should rewatch everything." And uh, I've been on board. Uh, the stunts are the draw here. I mean, Tom Cruise is he's he's insane. I I, I don't know how. He does what he does, um, but he does, and there is no spectacle like it in movies as as far as the stunts. Even Top Gun, as big of a spectacle it was, as far as the stunt, this is the one to see. So I don't think any movie does what this movie does that well, that particular thing well. Yeah, I think uh, I think as you guys have pointed out, it's more about stunts than it is story. Um, whether or not the story is any good, I mean, is second rate. Is second is secondary. I mean, people are seeing this because, as you guys have pointed out, they want to see what dumb thing uh, Tom Cruise is doing. Um, it's kind of like those uh, YouTube videos. Um, but this one is tough. The rest of the Mission Impossible movies didn't clear even three hundred million. So, you know, that's to ask this one to like really rise above and do maverick numbers is, is a mission impossible in and of itself. Um, I, I'm going to go see it. I, I know we're going to review it on the show, so I'm excited for it. I think the last ones have been entertaining as far as story wise. Um, last year, Tom Cruise proved pretty much without a shadow of a doubt that he still got it, um, that he can still bring people in. Um, 
but the Mission Impossible movies are not Top Gun, and uh, I I I do wonder whether or not uh, this one is really going to make a, a huge impact. Um, and we'll see. Um, the fact that it's part one may may cause a little some people to be nervous and like mm, I don't want to commit, but uh, I don't know. We've got so many part ones coming up this year. Um, that True. is crazy. So, uh, and this one's been done for a while. My understanding is this one's been done for a year or so. Um, it had the issues because it was filmed during COVID or right before or something like that. So, um, the word of mouth will be everything, but yes, uh, you know, does it topple Indiana Jones? Probably. Probably. All right. So the next weekend we have. We have a battle of a weird kind of sort. <laughs> we have we have a battle which I never thought I'd say this out loud in a sentence, but we have Barbie versus Oppenheimer. <laughs> Who knew? Um, Who knew? <laughs> Ashley, what do you think of Barbie and Oppenheimer this weekend? Well. Well, let's start with Oppenheimer because I feel like that one's easier to discuss. So, I mean, this mm -hmm. one is one that practically sells itself with uh, Christopher Nolan. Pretty much mm -hmm. any movie mm -hmm. that he comes out with, I'm interested in just due to his style and his prestige as a director. Uh, no pun intended there. But um, I, I just uh, I'm really curious to see why he chose this particular topics. So I feel like he's very careful and mindful about what movies he wants to make. So I'm curious what drew him about the true story of um, Robert Oppenheimer and the atomic bomb and why he decided he wanted to tell this in his film. And will he be doing any time jumping? I know a lot of times he likes to play, not do exactly straight linear timelines. So, and also his love for practical effects, you know, um, I think this will be one that will be really good to see on the big screen and a conversation starter too, just based on the fact that it deals with such weighty history and um, big issues like that. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I have no idea what to heck, what the heck to think of the Barbie movie. The trailers are something else. and. Um, the fact that they got Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling to do this, I think it's a comedy that's a little bit of a satire, but it's interesting because it's based on like a kid's toy, but like this isn't like something that I would take a kid to. It looks like it's aimed more for adults, so I have no idea what to expect from this movie. Maybe people will just go because they're curious, but I I don't think that Christopher Nolan needs to worry too much about his box office that weekend, but it could be kind of a little fun cult hit for the summer so hmm. yeah we'll have to wait and see yeah uh interesting matt what do you think i uh i might actually disagree with ashley on this one i amongst the you know we we travel in circles amongst geek friends but we also travel in circles against those who are more the mainstream audience Barbie's getting some buzz out there. I mean, it's getting people are interested. They want to know what the heck this movie is. <laughs> I think I think at its high end, this could be this generation's grease. I think at its low end, it could be one that becomes a cult film like a Clueless or something like that. I think this one, 
I'm watching this one, and I have no, I don't really have an interest in this type of movie or the subject matter, but I am so dang curious what it's about. I think I am going to see that in the theater. Um, meanwhile, Oppenheimer, I love Christopher Nolan. I will also be seeing that in the theater, but I wish it would come out in November. I think it's going to get buried in the summer. This is not a summer movie. I don't think, I think Oppenheimer deserves better than to be counter-programming to Barbie. And I think that's what it's kind of setting itself up to be. But I'll be there. I'll see it. Mike, how do you feel about this uh, battle among the, I don't even know what to call them, the Beauty and the Beast? Titans beyond belief. <laughs> now, it's interesting because I agree with Matt. I'm actually surprised Oppenheimer came out during the summer. And, you know, I hope this is not one that gets lost because of the release, because we've had that with other films in past years. Look at Rocket Man. We had talked about that or a couple other films in the past. And it's going to be very interesting to see. I think Barbie is probably going to beat Oppenheimer that week. I really do. I think it's getting buzz. It's getting people are very curious about Margot Robbie in this role. And, you know, it might be fluff. It might not be. But you're going to get people from all different age groups coming to this film more than Oppenheimer. You're only going to get a certain audience for it. And I'm looking forward to Oppenheimer. Don't get me wrong. But it's going to be real interesting to see what, you know, how many people come out to it. Because you're not just going to have, you know, young girls going to see Barbie. You're going to have people from all ages. And also forgive me for saying this, it's also going to be very big with the LGBT community because mm -hmm. of some of the actors and actresses they have in this film. And so I think, I really think Barbie is going to be a lot bigger than people are expecting this summer. So, yeah, I, uh, it is an odd matchup. Um, I think if I had to, uh, you know, say one way or another, and that's why I'm here, right, um, to predict one way or another, um, I do think Barbie has the edge as far as box office. I mean, the brand name is huge. Um, everybody knows who Barbie is. Um, the trailer, as you guys have pointed out, is bonkers. Um, so that gets people curious. Um It's not a kid's movie. I mean, there's a lot of innuendo and not even just there's a lot of blatant like in you and doing the trailer like yeah this is not for kids um and yet you know i i i heard someone mention uh in another podcast they were like we, who is this movie for like we don't understand what this movie is for we don't understand the tone of this movie and having recently watched toy story 3 i can tell you that barbie and ken in their appearance in that movie matches the tone of this movie and Barbie and Ken were really like a key component to the success of, I think of those toy story, that toy story movie, people loved how they acted. And yes, that wasn't, I mean, it was, it was kind of raunchy, but it was, it was safe raunchy. Um, and, you know, I obviously had all the other toy story elements going on there, but, but using if if you had told me that they were going to make a movie of those two characters, a spinoff of Toy Story, I would have been like, that's probably going to do pretty well. 
Well, this is a live action version of that, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, how big this can be, I don't know. You know, as far as I, as far as the toy lines go, as far as movies about toys, I think Barbie has the potential to beat Transformers, which is something that, you know, <laughs> on the playground as a kid, I never would have thought. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then you've got Oppenheimer, which, you know, I love Christopher Nolan. We all love Christopher Nolan. He's going to make an interesting movie. But, you know, it's 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 in the heat of July. Let's go in and see a three hour movie about the guy who, you know, is responsible for one of the biggest destructive forces in the history of mankind. Like that that doesn't sound like something that's like really going to get you like a lot of people running to the theater to see it. Right. And and it's three hours. So, I mean, it's going to be an epic and if I know Christopher Nolan, as Ashley knows Christopher Nolan, it's not going to be told in a completely like linear style. So there might be some, you know, Christopher Nolan always challenges his audience to think about things. I don't know if people are going to want to think. If people don't want to think, they can go to Barbie. Right. I mean, Barbie seems to be the movie. that. <laughs> I mean, for a lot of reasons, it's like no thinkers required. Right. Um the I can tell you guys, and I know it doesn't make sense that it's in the it's in the summer, but uh, Christopher Nolan made a name for himself with the Batman movies in the summer. He's been writing off that ever since. Dunkirk was released in the summer. Uh, Tenant was supposed to be released in the summer, but of course, COVID happened. So I think Universal just looks at him as as he's a summer guy. He makes epic movies, so people want to see it in the summer. Um, but yes, would this be better served, um, in the fall? Maybe, but you know, they can always re-release it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's a, and it's an interesting one, interesting battle. And we'll see how, you know, we're getting to the, the point now where these are probably the, like the, la- these coming weeks are the last gasp for people who, if they really, for movies, if they really want to make an impact on the top five, top 10 box office, they better come out now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so we skip ahead to July 28th. And uh, we've got a couple things. We've got uh, Sympathy for the Devil, with a, which is a Nicolas Cage movie. And we've got Haunted Mansion, uh, which is a Disney movie, of, of course, based on the ride. It's the second movie to, uh, to do that. Um, this one's got an interesting cast, for sure. Uh, it just looks like Disney's spending a lot of money in this. A lot of uh, a lot of eyes are going to be on this one. Will this be Disney's like like will Disney run the like the top five spots in the box office this summer because of this movie, Ashley? I don't really think so. I mean, I love Haunted Mansion. It's one of my favorite rides at the Disney parks. I think it's great. It's an incredible story just in the ride. But based on the fact that there was a previous one that didn't necessarily um, go over super well, I just feel like this one, unfortunately, I don't think is going to break out. And really, um, this is one that I would probably just wait like for Disney Plus. Like I would look at this and be like, yeah, I can wait to see this on Disney Plus. And especially since there is a delightful Muppets Haunted Mansion movie already on Disney Plus that you can so access now. So, so perfect. Yeah. So I really feel like we're not going to get a whole lot from this one. 
I, I, I will challenge you because you said, uh, you know, the, the first move attempted this was not that successful. So maybe that doesn't speak well of this one. Well, uh, Dungeons and Dragons already proved that uh, wrong this year. True, true and, enough. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, I think that that, you know, that uh, might not matter so much. Yeah. Uh, but Anything's uh, possible in some seasons. That's true. That's true. And we haven't really got into, we're kind of at a disadvantage because I've seen one trailer for this, but Disney really hasn't gotten into the big, like, Disney marketing push for this one yet, right? So, well, we're probably about a month away before it does that. Um, And, you know, people see the trailers on this if they're going to see Little Mermaid. Sure, there's going to be some attraction there, I think. If they do do it, unless they've written it off already, too. Write this off. Not this one. You don't pay Rosario Dawson Academy Award winner Jamie Lee Curtis, Winona Ryder, and Owen Wilson for something you're going to write off. And mm. I feel like this is a missed opportunity to release around Halloween because I feel like if it came mm. in October, mm-hmm. I would be mm. a lot more excited and eager to go see about it just because, oh, it's a fun seasonal thing. Maybe this reminds me kind of more of like Hocus Pocus or some of those fun like Disney family films. So I think that this could be another example of one that's not hitting at the best time. I'm curious why they wanted to release it at the end of July versus like waiting for this is the Halloween family movie of the year. Everyone go see it. Mm-hmm. Matt, how do you feel about it? Haunted Mansion? I, I, this is another one that I saw the preview of that I've not really learned much about. So I, I'm sort of fresh on what I think the vibe is a little interesting because we know it's not going to be R rated horror. We, we know that, but it does feel like, in the trailer, they're going for a little scarier tone than you might expect from a Disney movie. Um, it's got Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, it, it does feel like they may be playing up a little bit, like maybe even going for a feel of a Jordan Peele movie, at least a PG-13 version of a Jordan Peele movie. That would be interesting. Um, not enough, and not interesting enough to probably draw me to the theater, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I will check it out streaming. Certainly. Okay. Mike, how do you feel about Haunted Mansion? It's interesting. I feel with it that it's, has a lot of potential and I hated the last one with Eddie Murphy. So anything has to be better than that. But I agree with Ashley too. They already do have a perfect Haunted Mansion film with the Muppets and it was done so very well and that one just had me smiling ear to ear I don't even know if I'll watch this when it first comes to Disney Plus I'll probably wait maybe I'll wait till Halloween or something like that just to watch it but I won't do this I won't do it at the theater so I guess we're not revealing this one this year. I, I get it. Okay. Uh, we we can, but I, you know, uh, I'll do it kicking and screaming. <laughs> wow. Um, I, uh, I'm i curious about it. I love the Taunted Mansion. It's one of my favorite rides. Um, I want this to be good. I don't want a movie based on one of my favorite rides to suck. Um, so I hope this is good. Um, and I haven't seen enough of it to know one way or the other. The cast looks impressive. Um, that's all I can say right now. And, you know, it's one of those things where I think though, if the, if they put, if Disney puts together a really good trailer and they have it in front of Little Mermaid, that'll give it a bump. Will it be enough of a bump? Maybe, but that'll give it a huge bump. 
um, hey, you like Little Mermaid? Go see this Haunted Mansion movie. And people be like, okay, there's another Disney movie coming out. Let's go. And, you know, so I think it, it could help a lot uh, as a lead-in. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I don't... Uh, uh, by that way, Ashley, I also thought of not to not to put the spotlight back on you, but I also thought of another movie that came out this year that was kind of a remake of a movie earlier version that didn't do well, and that's Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> you know what? If you can do it really, really well, or you can get people's attention, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a curse. Absolutely, absolutely. But I will also point to you that those are probably the exceptions, not the norm. Uh, so okay, now we go to August fourth. August 4th, we have a sequel to The Meg, starring uh, Jay- Jason Statham uh, with uh, one of the biggest sharks you'll ever find, as well as another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. This one's called Mutant Mayhem. Um, I, the trailer was just released uh, for this one a little while, uh, like just a week or so ago. Um, what do you think about this, Matt? What do you think about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Another another toy line, another cartoon Another movie. It seems like they're re- reinventing the Mutant Ninja Turtles like every other year now. True, but this feels more like one that may hit than any of the uh, more recent ones. Um, they are going for a stylistic animation style. I think they're hoping to build on the success of Spider-Verse in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think they're actually... Uh, they actually hired teenagers to play them. I, I think that's a smart move. <laughs> um, I'm I'm watching this. I I have a lot of interest in the franchise, uh, even though I don't know that since the, the the first two live action ones back in the '90s that I've ever been all that happy with them. Um, I I I kind of I am cautiously optimistic about this one. Okay. Okay, Ashley. Yeah, um, I am not a, I'm not super familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles franchise, but um, seeing the trailer, I was intrigued by the animation style. And like you said, Matt, um, how Into the Spider-Verse kind of inspired, like, let's try out different ways to make animated movies. So that might be the reason I go to see it is not necessarily even for the franchise, but just because... um, I'm excited by different types of animation and seeing them play around with that. Mm-hmm. Mike, how do you feel about this one? I am looking forward to this one. I really am. I love the art styles that they've come up with for this. And like Matt says, they're going for trying to get the same audience that have been curious about the spider, the animated Spider-Man films. And when I saw the trailer for this a couple of weeks back, I was like, oh, another Turtles movie, just like you were, Mike. But then I saw the styles of the art, and I was just like, oh, this is awesome. And First, everything. I thought it was like claymation. Yeah, so so did I. They they had some a lot of fun with this one, and you know what? It was it was neat to see, and I wish, in all truth, I wish we could have you know gotten some of the original voices in it, but. I can understand they wanted to go a different direction, getting younger for it because they're teenage mutant Ninja Turtles, not, <laughs> not 65 year old Rob Paulson. And, other, you know, <laughs> so, you know, that, you know, 
but I, I am looking forward to that one. So yeah, I, I probably will watch that one. I might not go the first week it's open, but I will try to catch it, the film on the big screen just for the animation style mostly. Yeah. It does look like it's going to be an interesting spectacle. So um, yeah, I'm curious about it too. I like the idea of the, I'm not a huge, like turtles, uh, aficionado i don't like i haven't seen all the turtle stuff i'm familiar with the comic as and some of the animated series that have come and gone but uh yeah i'm always interested they have the potential to be big um and i don't know if this is it but this is certainly it looks like a step in the right direction for them so Mm -hmm. uh next up we have uh august 11th and we've got uh two movies that are i think are interesting one is gran turismo and that's is that based on a game yes i think so yeah that's another video game movie and last voyage of the demeter which is uh a a dracula movie um and uh, a certain passage in dracula it adapts Mm -hmm. which i'm very fascinated by um there's also a zendaya movie called challengers coming out so there's uh there's that as well um, any of these three movies strike you as interesting at all, Mike? No. <laughs> um, not one of them, truthfully. They haven't even put out a trailer yet for Gran Turismo. It has an interesting cast, but I think they're just trying to try to incorporate like a Fast and Furious type, you know, crowd and then getting, oh, it's a video game. Gran Turismo was a video game back, you know, in the 80s. And on the old Nintendos and such. And so it was, nah, it doesn't have any interest in me. And I agree about the last voyage of the Demeter. And because that was a great part of the Dracula book and everything like that. But, you know, overall, none of those threes do anything for me. Matt? Well, um, I did see, it wasn't a, a trailer per se, but it was sort of like a behind the scenes sneak peek on Gran Turismo. It almost feels like it's not really a movie as much as a tech demo. Uh, it's like, you know, go to a theater that has the rumble seats and, you know, and, and I don't know that that's really what I want to be doing in a theater. I have video games for that. So it's, it's like they, any any hint of story is going to be kind of blown by as kind of just fluff. Um, I think I am intrigued by the vamp by the uh, Dracula film, a Demeter. Um, Elaine, we watched the previews that caught her eye. She really wants to see it, but even wanting to see it for her usually means at home. So no, that's, that's probably a week that I'll catch something that I may have missed a previous week or something, or see something a second time that I really liked. Gotcha. Ashley? Yeah, of those, uh, the last Voyage one probably seems the most interesting to me, but it kind of feels more like a fall movie to me. I don't know necessarily like in the middle of August if I would be in the mood to watch that one. So that might be one Mm -hmm. I wait more towards streaming. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm definitely there for Last Voyage um, as a Dracula fan, and this one looks very atmospheric. I'm I'm curious to see that. Um, Not at all like the uh, version of Renfield we got uh, last month. Uh, (laughs) This one looks like it takes itself maybe too seriously, but we'll see. Um, But the none of these I don't think are going to make it 
uh, an impact on the top 10. In fact, I'm not sure if anything else in August is going to make much of an impact. Uh, the only other one that we have of interest, I think, this uh, this month, August 18th, is Blue Beetle, which will be our second DC movie of the year of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ashley, what do you think about Blue Beetle? I always root for superhero movies to do well. I want them to be successful. I want it to be an interesting story. Its release date concerns me a little bit. I fear not, like mid to late August has the perception of being the time of the year when movies are tossed out by studios who don't have a lot of confidence in them. They're kind of just put there to die. So I hope that this movie turns out to be good. I haven't heard a lot of buzz about it yet, but again, we've got like guardians of the galaxy flash. This could be an instance where like the rising tide lifts all boats. Mm -hmm. Like if all the superhero movies really land this summer, people could be like, yeah, I'm really in the mood to go see more of it. But I think if there's any sign of people feeling fatigued or they have so-so performances, I don't think this one's going to to stand out uh, too much. So fair or not, I think a lot is riding on how mm-hmm. the movies before it do. Mike, what, what do you feel about, what do, I, what do you feel about Blue Beetle? I'm curious because I love the characters and... Blue Beetle is a legacy character in DC and I love, you know, what they've done with Jaime and I think it's going to be very interesting to see them, how they're going to incorporate Ted Cord and some of the other DC legacy characters into this. And there's tons of rumors going around. Is this like going to be part of James Gunn's, future dcu and it just all depends on how the film does and i'm hoping it's going to do great because it looks beautiful it looks a lot of fun and i like how it's a non-white superhero that we're getting and it's gonna be you know i i'm very much looking forward to this one and i until i saw the trailer i had forgotten this one was coming out and that they, it was even in production. So good bravo on them for surprising me on it. And so kudos. The uh, the other thing about this one is that it's got pretty much the month to itself. Um, I mean, it's only got like two, maybe three weeks to make an impact as far as the summer box office goes. But as far as, you know, the weekend and the month or whatever, it's pretty much good. It's not challenged by much. I mean, there's a few other movies coming out, but... Uh, nothing of uh, in in that sort of summer movie box office uh, style of movie that we see. Uh, Matt, what do you feel about Blue Beetle? There's zero pressure on this one. I think I don't think um, <laughs> it has to do exceptionally well. I think an opportunity to have a good kind of niche superhero film is there. I think if it does very well, I think it it doesn't interfere with anything James Gunn is planning. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, we'll bring it on board. Uh, and the trailer, like Mike was saying, Mike, um, favor, uh, it looks very fun. And, um, and I get very similar vibes as the first two Ant-Man films, which I think weren't necessarily the most successful MCU movies, but I think they had their own place in the MCU. So I think uh, on the high end, I think if Blue Beetle can kind of carve a niche like that, I think it would have been very successful. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I like Blue Beetle as a character, mm-hmm. even the uh, the uh, Reyes version, right? Is that yeah? You mean, Jaime Reyes. Jaime, Jaime Reyes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be interesting to see if they do incorporate some legacy into it. Um, although, you know, last time I I appreciated a film more for the legacy than I did the main character was Black Adam, and that was not a good experience. So I'm hoping that this one is much better than that. It has looks like it has a tone of maybe a Shazam movie, um, which is good. Uh, family oriented. I think uh, that that will work in its favor as well. Um, and, uh, you know, well, you're right. It, they don't have anything to really lose by releasing this one because there's nothing else competing against it. So if it does pretty well, you know, they can pat themselves on the back. And if it does like a super well, they can go, okay, we'll incorporate this into our new vision of DC. Or if it doesn't do well, they can just, you know, put it on max streaming and then just forget about it. So uh, it can be one of those things that people like just say like, oh, remember that? Um, and that's the, that's it for what I see for, for movies that uh, really could make an impact on the summer. There's a couple other interesting ones that are coming out, but nothing that I think really, really like will make an impact as far as I can tell. Is there anything else that's coming out in August that you, anybody wanted to mention? Um, for me, I'm actually looking forward to at the end of August, there's a movie called uh, Golda. It's starring Helen Mirren mm-hmm. as Golda Meir. And I've seen the trailer for that one. And I'm actually surprised it's not being released later in the year because this one has Oscar possibilities with it. And I've heard nothing but greatness about this one already. And it's getting a lot of buzz. Yeah, it's a limited release in the end of August. So um, I think the plan will be probably to see it uh, go wide in September. Um, it's kind of it's kind of funny though because it's also being released at the same time as White Bird, which is another Helen Mirren movie. So mm-hmm. Helen Mirren's going to be battling herself at the box office. Exactly. <laughs> um, but she's awesome. Uh, Helen Mirren is, is an amazing actress, um, and uh, I mean, she was one of the things I really liked about uh, Shazam: Fear of the Gods, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so, I mean, what a big year she's having. Um, she already got paid, so this is the movies that she was doing because she wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anything else from the end of August? All right. Well, I think we've uh, had enough that uh, we can still talk about, and it still makes our our picks and our selections uh, for the certain categories challenging. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and do our our predictions. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about The Bad Batch Season 2. The Bad Batch finally gave us a Season 2 after a very long wait, and it was a lot. We had a good mix of episodes furthering the storyline of the show and a few really good one-shots giving us some really great character development and getting to see how Omega is interacting and becoming more of a family with the rest of Clone Force 99. We also see how Hunter and the rest of the clones are starting to realize that they may just need to give up their soldier lives and find a quiet place to live so Omega can have a normal life. 
While all of that is going on, we start to see that Crosshair is realizing that the Empire may not be for him. Crosshair's storyline was one of my favorites this season, and I do wish we had more of it. But with what we got, I was really, really happy, and I was also happy with how everything played out to further his story along. I'm just really worried for him when we get season three. The ending of this season was a lot of shocks. From something awful happening to one of the clones to the possibility of another female clone, we were left with so many cliffhangers, and I can't wait to see what season three will give us, since it will be the last season and will hopefully give us a good full circle ending. I am scared to see what will happen and if we will have a happy or a sad ending, but after the heartbreak from season two, I will not hold anything against them for the ending of The Bad Batch next season. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Ask yourself, is the Flopcast the right podcast for you? Do you have trouble picking a favorite Weird Al song, Karate Kid sequel, or Justice League Detroit member? Are you obsessed with Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch, Vicky the Captain's daughter from the Love Boat, or Vicky the Robot from Small Wonder? Do you think Cindy Lauper's We Are the World Solo is the most important event in history? Do you have half an hour a week for something completely stupid? Then the Flopcast might be the right podcast for you. We're on the ESO Network and at Flopcast.net. And we're back, and re- we're ready to give you our predictions for this summer. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see how well we do. Uh, we'll see how hip we are to the, uh, the state of the uh, box office these days. Um, Ashley, I'm going to start with you. What is your pick for the biggest box office movie of the summer? You know what? I'm going to say The Little Mermaid. I think that if it's good, it's just going to really resonate with families and it will have long legs throughout the summer. I feel like that's something, too, about the live action movies that they tend to kind of hang around with families. So I think that one could very well emerge as the top moneymaker of the summer. Wow. Okay. Okay. Do you think it's going to beat Super Mario? It could, but I'm not confident enough to go that far. So, but it could. Okay. Matt, uh, what about you? What is your, uh, throwing down now, what is the uh, big movie of the the summer for you? Well, you might as well swing for the fences, I feel. Um, First of all, I don't think any of the summer movies beat Super Mario Brothers. I just, there's just too many. There's a lot of potential for what used to be considered big hits, but by Super Mario Brothers levels, no, I don't see a top gun out of this group. Mm-hmm. Um, it, James Cameron's going, damn it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little risk here. I think the highest grossing movie of this summer group is gonna be Barbie. Wow. wow. Damn. That is you are wow. yeah why uh, <laughs> I have to I'm not saying you're crazy. <laughs> but you're crazy. Um, why? What makes you confident that this will will be bigger than anything else? Because I think it has the potential to draw in more audiences than most of the other films. I think uh, I said the service, not the kind of movie I would normally be interested, in, but I'm intrigued. A lot of people are intrigued, and I think the ones that did well like Top Gun were those that were able to draw in the masses. They were able to draw in people from different, um, different demographics. 
And I think to be the big hit, it's the one that I think that has that potential. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. He's going to sell a lot of toys too, a lot of dolls. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of women thirty and up who grew up on Barbie, That's probably true. more so than kids nowadays do. And I think they're gonna they're gonna want to see this movie. They've never had a, 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 a they never had a movie for them for that interest, and they're gonna want to see it. Yeah, I think the only other Barbie movie that maybe was in the theater was like an animated one, like decades ago or something. I don't, I don't really remember. But mm-hmm. um, wow, that is, uh, I appreciate your confidence and and going out <laughs> on that limb, man. Uh, now that I got is... that damn Barbie song going through my head. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, that is going to be uh, really interesting to see, Mike. Uh, where where do you uh, land as far as the biggest movie of the summer of 2023? Super Mario Brothers. No. <laughs> Too no. late. I know. Um, I'm going to go out and say, I'm going to say Indiana Jones. I think indie people are going to go for nostalgia. I think they're going to let Harrison Ford go out with a bang. And I think it's going to, I think it, if it's, if it's half as good as the trailer is, I think it's going to do blockbusters. I really, really do. That is uh man. I am shocked. I am shocked that nobody has picked guardians. Guardians is the safe bet, right? Guardians is, is the safe bet. Are are we thinking that that superhero fatigue is a real thing and it's going to really affect this movie? Is that is that the big reason that you guys have not chosen it, or or what, or just everything else like has the potential to be better, bigger? I think you know it's going to start big with the summer. You know, it's it's next week, and the only thing it has going up against it is Super Mario Brothers, literally, and I think. A lot of people are looking forward to Guardians and like we said earlier, but I think there's too many other things coming out that'll split it and take the money from it. And I think I think it'll have a very good audience score. I think it's going to have hopefully good reviews, but I, I'm just, I'm not sure about the superhero fatigue. I really am not. It has me worried. You guys feel that way too? Yeah, I I think that it will do well, but I do think that there's opportunities for movie other movies to take it on. Just kind of again, like what you were saying, Matt, about the wide appeal. Like, what mm-hmm. is going to resonate most with mass audiences? And I don't know if the mass audience is as caught up on the MCU as they used to be with the TV shows and all the movies, which is a shame because I really love the all the Disney plus content in some ways, even better than some of the movies. So like, if you're not watching it, it's well worth your time to catch up on it. But I know just anecdotally some um, like friends and family members who aren't as caught up on the MCU as they used to be just because there's so much content. So yeah, I feel like it will do well and people will probably really enjoy it, but some other films could knock it off that top spot. Wow. I agree. Well, I, uh, yeah, I'm not opting for the safe bet either. Um, and as uh, much as I hate to agree with my co-host, I have it written down here. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to change it because I already wrote it down. But I'm. I'm now. I will admit, I'm voting not with my head, but with my heart. Mm. And I want. I want 
Indiana Jones to be the biggest movie of the summer. Yeah. Uh, I, I want it to be, it means that that franchise, that first movie means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think though, even setting all that aside, I do think that it does have the potential to, it has that same ingredients that maybe Maverick did where mm-hmm. you've got a franchise that, you know, it's been a long time since there was uh, uh, a movie like with that character and it's an older character, but it's one that people, the actor loves them. Um, Harrison Ford has gotten a bump lately because he's been in a couple of t- TV or streaming things and that has gone really well. So it's not like people haven't seen him in a decade or anything like that. Um, and so as long as, you know, James Mangold can deliver uh, an action movie that you don't need yeah. like a bunch of like to to watch like 24 superhero movies in order to understand i think that you know this has a pretty good chance of of you know taking over um now i kind of thought that way in the same way i thought that way about jurassic world last year um although i didn't really like the property as much as i I, certainly i didn't like it as much as i like indiana jones so my heart wasn't in it but my head said that you just don't you don't go against uh, dinosaurs on the big screen. Um, I don't know. It remains to be but seen. They did. Whether or not. <laughs> yeah. It remains to be seen. There's so many, this was difficult. This was not an easy mm-hmm. one to, mm-hmm. to predict yeah. and, and really have confidence with because every one of us, you know, well, Mike and I were the same, but I mean, we, we didn't go for the safe pick and we didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody picked something a little different and different mm-hmm. reasons why. So I do find it that really interesting. There's no slam dunks this yeah, year. So it's going to make it really interesting. All right. So that out of the way, what is the biggest flop? Mike, what do you think is going to just fall on its face this summer? I think people are finally going to give up on Transformers. I really, really do. And I've given up on it years ago. And I'm just not excited by it. I really am not. And... I'm hoping maybe they need to give this one a break a bit and maybe give it like five years and then come back to it with a fresh look. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, um, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what to think of, of that one. Cause I haven't been following the franchise. I mean, is it, is it going to be one that the, the base is tired of and maybe Paramount is forced to like re, redo the whole thing come back in like five ten years or whatever and restart everything or you know how what is this what does this matter what does this mean for them uh matt what do you feel is the biggest uh flop of the season i tend to agree with uh faber um it uh i think but i'm it's almost too easy of a pick um i would be (laughs) shocked if this one made over let's say 125 125 million um so i guess from the dollar sense i think it's an easy pick but i was looking at it almost more critically and almost more one that has more pressure on it and perhaps more anticipation i actually wrote down the flash as my biggest flop mm, wow mm. interesting but i think it does, i think it makes more money than transformers but I don't don't think it makes as much money as it needs to to be a success. Gotcha, 
Gotcha. That would be interesting. The uh, the Michael Keaton factor is so interesting for that movie. Like, you know, I mean, if it was a Michael Keaton Batman movie, not a Flash movie, but it was a Michael Keaton Batman movie, mm-hmm. I think we'd all pick it as number one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, certainly we have reason to, but it's not, you know, and it really depends on how much he's in it and how good the story is otherwise, mm-hmm. I think. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, Ashley, what's your vote for best biggest flop? Yeah. So I don't think that this is going to be the lowest box office of the summer, but I, um, picked it more based on, um, what people expect it to do versus what it actually does. And I think it's going to be fast 10. I, like I said, I don't think that it's going to make like 10 million and go away. Like it will make a okay amount of money, but I don't think it's going to be the draw that the studio thinks it is, especially with this going to be the big finale. I don't think it's going to see a big uptick for the franchise. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Um, And and it's kind of like, I mean, I kind of feel like that with the Transformers, like, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think maybe the air is already out of those tires, you know? Yeah. Um, But you know they 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 still need to make some money in order to continue and and I think with at least with the fast movies they want to do at least one more I don't know if they've already filmed it or what how the status is on that but I think they want to do one more to end it and you know whether or not it makes sense to after the re- results of this one you know yeah and They're especially if Fast 11 is supposed to, this is the finale, people might be saving their money and excitement for that one. Like, well, this is kind of just a prequel to the big finale. So we're going to wait till the one that's actually the last one. I can see that maybe happening a little too. So, um, look, I, I don't want any of the movies, especially any of the movies that I'm planning on seeing this year. I do not want them to fail. I do not want them to suck. I do not want them, you know, so um, and the way I looked at this is that this might not be a flop in terms of it's not going to make the top 10, but as far as not do what they hope it will or what they estimate it will, um, I'm going to swing hard and go for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I think the expectations on that wow. are huge because of Maverick. I think they're insane because of Maverick, and I don't think it's going to even come close to Maverick numbers. Uh, like I said, the Mission Impossible movies have done about 200, 250 mil, um, each time they've come out. None have cracked 300. I don't think this one cracks 300 either. I just think there's too much other competition. And Mm -hmm. I don't think Mission Impossible is the same thing as, uh, Top Gun was. I, I, that, that whole like base that like the top, wanted to see Top Gun. Uh, I don't think is going to be there. I mean, everybody, Top Gun is one of the things, Top Gun Maverick is one of those movies that they 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 say brought everybody back to the theater after lockdown. Everybody was climbing to see that one, right? Well, that's over. Like, we're already at the theater now. So uh, the fact that it's a part one, I think is going to make a lot of people go, mm, I don't know if I really need to see that or I'm not sure, I don't want to commit. A lot of people remember after Dune ended with, you know, to be continued, people were like, what? <laughs> like, they, at least this tells you right in the beginning, like, hey, uh, I don't think it's going to flop. I think it's going to be in the top 10. So it's not going to be a complete flop. 
but I don't, and I think it's going to make its money, but I don't think it's going to do like as big as mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and, and did last year. So, all right. So now our category is biggest surprise hit. So a surprise hit that is going to do better than people expect. Uh, Ashley, we'll start with you. What, uh, what movie do you think is going to do better than people think it's going to do? You know, I think that if it's good, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie could be a fun little summer boost, especially like riding off the hopeful success of Across the Spider-Verse. Here's another uh, nostalgic property with a really unique animation style. So I think this has the potential to be a uh, breakout hit after people have seen it could be something a little bit fresh and different after the other stuff we've seen this summer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Matt, what do you think is a big surprise hit? Well, judging by the reactions to everyone else here, I, I guess by default it's Barbie. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's not the one I wrote down because I actually kind of expected to be a hit. Um, I think I'm with Ashley. Mutant Mayhem was the one I wrote down as my surprise hit. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it 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 the the audience is there and it's not been well served for a long enough period to where if they do something unique and it seems like they may be doing that, I think there's an opportunity to make it a huge hit. Mike, what about you? Surprise hit. Um, I'm. I was going to say Barbie, but ev- like everyone's saying, it's expected to be a hit, and I think it's going to be huge. Um, mine is actually Blue Beetle. Mm. I'm ex- hoping that it's because it's going to be a breath of fresh air. It's going to be people might not be going to see the Flash. People might be going, "What is this Blue Beetle?" You know, it's August. You know. I need something to go get out of the heat. I need something to do. And I think this is a perfect escape movie. And if it's done as well as the trailers look, I think we're going to get a really excellent film and leading into James Gunn's universe. Well, um, Originally, I was going to say Barbie as well, but uh, I mean, I think Barbie's going to, I think Barbie has the potential. I'm not willing to swing as big as you, Matt. I'm not willing to swing <laughs> as big as this one uh, on this one. I think it has the potential to make the top five, uh, like, oh, the, yeah. like the very end, like maybe number five. I think it might like throw a Disney one off or something, because like I said, there's always a comedy one that seems to do well. And you put a comedy with a franchise like Barbie, uh, a known brand like that, and it's and and kind of a bonkers trailer where people are like, hmm, kind of has that same vibe of I don't know if you remember this, but I guess it was man, how old am I now? Uh, like fifteen, twenty years ago when they came out with the very Brady movie, it's going. I have that same tone where it doesn't really take itself too seriously, but everybody has to go see it because it's a fun time at the movies. And Barbie looks like exactly that, a fun time at the movies. So, um, but that's not my pick. Um, oh. My pick is going to be Haunted Mansion. Hmm. Uh, okay. it, you, you want to talk about a surprise. I don't know if anybody's talking about this movie. <laughs> Nobody expects it to do anything. I, I, you know, it comes out at the end of July. And for me, that's like anything that comes out after August 1st. I'm like, yeah, you got your work cut out for you. But if you're a hit uh, at the end of July, you have the opportunity or you have the, yeah, the opportunity to make it in the top 10. And I hope that Haunted Mansion is a good enough movie 
that, you know, I don't want it to suck. And I think it's got some pretty good cast around it. And uh, I, it's a Disney movie, so they're going to push it. Like I said, I think if you if they just put a trailer before Little Mermaid, that gives it a bump in and of itself mm-hmm. that could land it in the top 10. So I'm I'm going to select that one as my surprise hit because I don't think anybody sees sees that one in the top 10 at all. Do you think it'll have the same kind of magic that like the original Pirates of the Caribbean did? Not that big. I mean, we could only hope, right? I mean, if we're talking the original Pirates, that's that's huge. I don't know if it's got that kind of, um, but, you know, I mean, I'd have to look and granted it, it, you know, again, COVID messed up everything, but I'm kind of curious. The Jungle Cruise did pretty good, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's the last movie that's come out based on a ride. So, um, you know, and it's Disney for some people. I mean, reason people go to see Disney movies, even though most of them have Disney plus, but you still go to see (laughs) Disney movies, even you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or whatever. They're like, hey, it's a Disney movie. I'm going to take the kids, you know? So as long as this one is PG and not a hard PG-13 or whatever, I think I think this one has the potential of, like, bring the kids in one last movie of, of the end of the summer. All right. Now we're going to go to our picks. I think uh, we have three of these. Yeah, we have three, right? Three. Three you movies. Got three. Three movies that you're most looking forward to, and they could be, you know, uh, box office hits. They could be whatever. These are the three movies that you are wanting to see most out of the summer 2023. Uh, Ashley, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, um, Across the Spider-Verse is my number one summer movie. I just love the animation style. Really excited to see this story continue. Hopefully it's going to be good. Also going to have to pick uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Really hope that it's going to be a satisfying ending for these characters. And then one that we can look back over this mini trilogy within the MCU. And hopefully it'll stand out as one of the best arcs um, that the MCU has told. Then finally, uh, Indiana Jones. Just great to see this classic character return to the screen. And great that Harrison Ford is back. And I hope that it's a worthy send-off for him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Matt, what about you? What are your three picks for ones that are you're going to see at the movie theater like first day? Mostly the hits. Um, um, and probably a little less controversial than some of my other picks. Uh, number one, Spider-Verse. Uh, I was just blown away by that one. And I I'm, 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 can't wait to see what else they do with that. Um, number two is Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny. Uh, it is one of my top two or three favorite franchises in the history of movies. And as long as it's good or even decent. Um, so far, there has not been a sign of a refrigerator. That's all I want. Right, <laughs> right, right. No, no Shia LaBeouf anywhere to be seen. So we're good. And uh, number three, Asteroid City. Um, the, the look of that movie, the sort of Roswell 50s, 60s vibe. Uh, it's really got me intrigued. And, and I, as soon as I saw the trailer, I didn't know it was a Wes Anderson movie. But when I saw the trailer, I said, that's Wes Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt about it. And the cast is incredible. And um, that one I'm really looking forward to. And I can't, I can't believe I'm not including Guardians of the Galaxy in there, which, I mean, we are literally going to see it in three days. Um, but uh, I'm almost afraid. I mean, it's it's like it's it's. I'm just 
I have a, I have a strange fear with it and I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm coming out of there and said, I should never have doubted Jane's gun. I should have never doubted the MCU, but I have this weird fear about it. And, um, it's just, it's such a high standard with the first two for me. So yeah. that's why a I lot of it. pressure. I would imagine yeah. by the first week too. And definitely mm. by the second week, we'll all be going, Hmm. I like how do how do our picks look now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, one way or another. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mike, what about you? What are your three picks for the ones that you are most looking forward to this year? Very similar to everybody else's, except for one. Across the Spider Verse is, of course, looking forward to that and geeking out animation wise and story wise and character wise. Um, Indiana Jones. I want to tip my hat for a fond farewell to Dr. Jones. And then I'm going to do Mission Impossible as my third. Mm. I've loved the last four. And after the first two and that I was like, oh, my God, what am I watching? And the third one was like, okay. And then from there, they had me hooked. Mm -hmm. And so I am looking forward to it. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing every, every single, you know, stunt that Tom Cruise does and says, is this the one that kills him? Is this the one that kills him? (laughs) You know, so I want to definitely see what we come up with and looking forward to that. And honorable mention, of course, is, of course, Asteroid City. It looks beautiful. I, uh... My my number one is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Um, I've mentioned several. I've mentioned a bit, you know, while we've been talking about this, the reasons why I am addicted to Indiana Jones, as well as you know, it's been sometimes it's been an abusive relationship. I love <laughs> the first one so much. I hated the second one after I saw it. I came out of there, and I can't tell you how disappointed I was. Mm-hmm. Maybe for the for the first time ever, I was hugely disappointed in the sequel, uh, prequel, whatever you want to call it. Uh, loved the third one, hated the fourth one. So, hey, guess what? The pendulum yeah. is swinging in the other direction. This is an even number Get ready, kids. This yeah. is an even number movie. So um, I'm hoping for the best. I really am. I'm really, you know, as much as I'd be like, oh, the trailer doesn't do anything for me. It's still going to pull me. I cannot, I cannot not see it. It's the opening weekend. Uh, Guardians is my second pick. Guardians of the Galaxy. I love these characters. I love James Gunn as a, as a director. Um, I, I have every confidence in the world. This is going to be a fun, interesting story. Um, yeah, there may be some sadness to it, but you know, James Gunn is able to always like, you know, like even in the second one, there was some sad moments, but there was mm-hmm. also like so it, you you came out of the theater feeling good. You know, the, the the MCU might be up in some sort of confusion now and all this kind of stuff going on with it. But I think Guardians and James Gunn, like, yeah, I trust them. So I'm looking forward to that this weekend. And my third choice will be Elemental. I want Pixar to be back on top of doing what they do best. Mm-hmm. Elemental looks like it's in the right direction. It's can they stick the landing? Like it looks good. It's original. Can they can they wow me when I see it? And uh, I hope for the best. So I'm really looking forward to. I'm doing a complete 
rewatch of all the Pixar movies this year. So, um, so I've been on that. I'm about halfway through and I really love this company and what they do. And I want to see them succeed once again. So Elemental is the one for me. So yeah, that's interesting. We all had some, some different picks, especially our third choices. That is it. Uh, (sighs) As far as all our predictions, I think, you know, we've, we've put ourselves on, on enough limbs that, uh, you know, if we go out there anymore, we will surely fall on our faces. And uh, as, as, Mike so eloquently past, puts, as we have in the past, as Mike so eloquently puts, like we will have egg on them as well. Uh, so, yeah, it remains to be seen. So check us out in September when we uh, review all of our picks and the summer movie season as a whole and talk about what worked and what didn't work. As Mike said, we want to hear from you. What did we pick or what are we not seeing that you guys think is going to be the number one hit or flop? Did we you miss know, something? Like, did we miss something? Like, you know, Absolutely. We want to hear from you guys, um, you know, whether you think that this is a good summer movie season or not. Feedback at earthstation1.com. Absolutely. That said, uh, we are going to be closing out the show. to the con guy show con as in comic-con we are hollywood filmmakers and super fans who cover all the news of the con universe including the films the tv shows the streaming series the experiences and the events that fuel your fandom if you'd find it at comic-con then you'll find it here now in our seventh year the con guy show is a proud member of the eso network So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank our guests for slugging along and taking the chance of with the egg on your face for tonight. All right, Ashley, thank you as always. This is a tradition with us, and I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. I always really enjoy it and good discussion. I love hearing the different perspectives and speculating what may or may not happen with these movies and then looking forward to talking about them more um, as they come out. So thank you again for letting me be a part of this one. It's definitely one of my favorites to record each year. Oh, most definitely. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, Just, yeah, well, this is uh, the week of May the 4th, Star Wars Day. So um, be sure to check out... uh, some of your local vendors and favorite shops to see if they have any specials or activities. I've already seen some promotions online. So yeah, just enjoy celebrating Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And actually this episode is going to go live on May 4th. Well, there you go. Perfect. (laughs) No Star Wars movie, sadly, this summer, but. But we get Ahsoka in August. Yes. Yes. So there you go. So you will enjoy. So there you go. And Mr. Matt Swetman. Thank you, sir. This is hopefully this could become a new tradition with you. Oh, I'd love it to be. Because I said before, this is this was always my favorite uh episode every year as a listener. So to be a part of it's been a, a thrill. It's been a really, really fun time. That is awesome. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh sure. Um I always like to promote my wife's podcast on the ESO network, Monkey and Around. Anybody who has interest in the band of monkeys, you see my shirt <laughs> for the YouTubers. Um uh I uh 
just picture folks he yeah, lift, yeah, lifted I, his muscular chest at home oh yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no nobody wants was... nobody wants to see that but okay. <laughs> and uh and uh i'm uh we participate a lot with uh with uh friends from the podcast chuck and veronica they also do earth station trek and uh i plan on following up a successful countdown of season one of the original series where i sometimes controversially um ranked the episodes from the first season and we're almost finished watching through the second season so here within a week or so i'm going to start a countdown of the second season of star trek the original series on the earth station trek facebook page nice. uh, so anybody who has interest in following along i i you know we we always get a lively discussion amongst some of the of the panelists and some of the um the the listeners as well so um i encourage people to look at that uh if they like such a thing and comment most awesome most awesome and mr mike gordon we've made it through another one sir we did and as always it's my pleasure anything you want to shout out about sir uh, a couple things real quick. Last week, I already, I mean, as Ashley pointed out, uh, this week is May the 4th, and it's also the first Saturday in May, which means it's free comic day. As I mentioned last week, I'll, if you're hearing this in time uh, to catch me, if you're in the in Georgia, uh, catch me at uh, Urban Pop Comics, which is a grand opening of a new store in Ackworth, Georgia. I will be there from noon to two o'clock signing and saying howdy to people. Uh, so I hope to see you there. And if you want to follow, uh, you know, obviously follow us on YouTube or uh, the podcast on all the platforms. If you want to hear our reviews of movies, the big movies that are coming out this year. But if you want to see my reviews of other movies that I'm watching, because I don't just watch movies that we review on the show. Uh, there's an app called Letterboxd. Uh, that's Letterboxd with a, with a little D at the end. Um and it is a uh, an app for people who watch movies and review them. And so uh, I am there. Uh, my my name on there, my username is uh, New Legend Mike. So you can follow me there and uh, check out all my reviews. Uh, I just watched uh, the 2023 version of the movie Marlowe uh, last weekend and uh, put my thoughts on there about that one, as well as other movies that I'm watching. Um, so uh hope to see you guys there it's a really cool app i i like it it's a really good for the film community i think awesome we'll definitely have a link to it in our show notes sir um my shout out real quick goes out to the fine folks who were with me over the weekend at merle fest up in north carolina we were at another music festival this one is always special to me it is a great um festival that is on a campus of a community college up in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. And we had some of the crappiest weather I've ever seen at a music festival. And it was thunderstorms and rain Thursday and most of Friday. And then finally Saturday was gorgeous. And then Sunday it rained again. So, and it was cold. And so it was real interesting, and thank you to the people who volunteer to these events. It's the same thing with Dragon Con and these big cons. You have It's mostly volunteers who are working there and putting their hard-earned time into it and spending it. And bravo to everybody who volunteers for these kind of events. And that's what my shout-out is going to tonight. It's just amazing to see these people who don't lose their cool. They don't get frustrated. Oh, I'm sure they do, but they don't show it to the people there. And it is just 
awesome to see. And they go through all these different situations, including mud that comes up to your thigh and everything and people slipping and, you know, the medical teams that, you know, are there ready to help out and such. And going from extremes of rain and cold to almost 80 degrees and hot sun and people passing out from dehydration and stuff the next day. So it's just, it's interesting. And you get that. And Merlefest is alcohol free. Imagine how it is at someplace like Bonnaroo or Floyd Fest or any of these uh, Coachella and stuff that have alcohol and stuff, how much harder it is and stuff, or like a Dragon Con. <laughs> I don't think, you know, there's people there who weren't sober for five, six days, you know? So yeah. it's, it's pretty amazing that you, what you go through and, you know, bravo to these folks for being a volunteer and they have all the respect for me in the world. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for folks who do this. And you know what? It's a cool thing to do and everything. And, you know, go see live music. Yeah. Okay. So that is going to wrap up the episode for tonight, folks. It's always great hanging out with you guys. Um, thank you for listening to us. This is like how we used to do in the old days. This was, this used to be one episode a week beforehand <laughs> and we would do two, two and a half hours sometimes, <laughs> sometimes longer. So, you know, I, be thankful for what we have with the new format. Sometimes it's pretty cool. And as always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. Also, always remember that we couldn't do this without you. And you know what? It's more true nowadays than ever. We could, and you know what? If you want to help support us, please check out our T Public store. Check out our, you know, that's where Matt got his T-shirt. You know, he's wearing and everything. We have really cool stuff, um, including the new Darren Noel t-shirt that we have. And all of that goes to charity. Also, remember, if you want to listen to our show before the rest of the world, why not join the ESO Network Patreon? For as little as a dollar a month, you could help support us here at Earth Station One. Check it out at patreon.com slash ESO Network. And there's going to be a new feature coming very, very soon for our patrons. I'm willing to announce it here that we are going to be doing the quarterly chat with our patrons that we're going to, it's going to be exclusive. It's going to be a live show up on Patreon for our patrons only, and they'll have be the only ones who have the link to it. So it's going to be cool. And it's going to be with the ESO board members and kind of think of it as, you know, your time to talk about ESO and find out what you like, but we don't, what you don't like. And, you know, just talk about geek stuff. It's going to be a geek hangout. And if it works out quarterly, we're talking about moving it even monthly. So definitely do that. And you could, that's open, going to be open to pretty much to all the levels. So as a member of the Patreon, we just want to do it as a way of saying thank you. So like I said, patreon.com slash ESO network. We want to hear from you. Please, like we said throughout the show, please write us anytime at feedback at earthstation1.com. Remember, you can also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now up on YouTube. That's right, folks. Like and subscribe, like and subscribe, and ring that wonderful bell at the top because we're coming to you twice a week, except for this week. We're only doing it once because we're doing a double episode. So, you know, definitely check it out. Though. But you can listen to us twice. You can if you if you have another five hours in your schedule, you know, <laughs> it'd always be good. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, Ms. Ashley Pauls, and Mr. Matt Sweatman. Thanks again for listening. We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, and just go out and have fun. Peace, and we are done. Boom. And save us the aisle seats. Exactly. Yes. We'll be waiting for you. 
You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Tee Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.